Did a bit. After. So puberty hit me at eleven, and it was a surprise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I, I guess I'd been prepared for periods. Um, my family is late. Is what my family is like full of early bloomers. I guess. Okay. Um, like my mom got her period when she was like ten. I think my mm-hmm. sister got hers around 11 as well or maybe 10 I don't know um but anyway so I th- I guess I was like I knew what it was like I feel like it was at the age where That's people good. talked about it at least um mm-hmm. the one that shocked me more was ovulation because I get so ovulations when you like release the eggs so it's when you're most fertile yeah. yes and for me ovulation I get like really bad ovulation cramps as well okay there's like stuff going on and i remember like saying to my mom in like t- i distinctly remember being in like the frozen section in tesco and being mm-hmm. like oh i have this pain but i like and it was i knew it wasn't my period and i guess maybe at that point my mom was like actively tracking my period with me or uh-huh. whatever and she was like oh it's probably ovulation pain and i was like what and she was like that's when this happens and i was like eggs what and it was very stressful I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand what that was. So, it's thank you, Irish to... education system. Well, you know, it's probably hard to you know think and realize that you have eggs in your body. That sounds really scary. Yeah, it it's yeah. I used to think that I was supposed to expect to like see them in my like underwear. Oh, like you would actually like. I'm like, where's the eggs? hatch an egg? Yeah, like we're, well, not like a full on egg, but like I thought it was something you would see. Like, where are they? Turns out not on your underwear. When you put out your hand like that, what are you looking at? My underwear. (laughs) I take them off. (laughs) Hold them up like this. Yeah, I do that all the time. And I still do that. I'm still waiting for the eggs to turn up. Waiting for the eggs to turn up, yeah. Yeah. Sad. It's got to be a hard episode because what am I supposed to say about all the period stuff, you know? Yeah, speaking of speaking of puberty and periods and underwear, mm-hmm. this week we watched. We Carrie. didn't even say hello, Abby. We didn't even say hello. Oh fuck! It's we been didn't a couple even say weeks. Hello. I've been unwell. It's been a couple this, weeks. I'm sorry. Nobody and even I'm knows actually, what's going on. I'm actually still unwell. Also, my neighbor's gone on a, on a holiday abroad, and it's got me on edge. Um, <laughs> why did that get you on edge? Because why did they do that? Well, uh, yeah. They probably shouldn't, and they probably know that, and they still did it. Oh, what are you going to do? Cry. Hi, my name's Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hello. Hi, my name's Machi. Do you, are you in a lot of contact with your neighbors? No. I follow her on Instagram, though, so my okay. catch her through Instagram. Oh, that's good. Someone so, else uh, on my team and work had an ear infection. I think it's been transmitting over Zoom. I'm not joking. I think it well, is. Well, that's great. Thanks for telling me. Now... <laughs> Better prepare I will have your to ears. look forward to. Yeah. Well, anyways, this is um, welcome everybody. This is the Fuck on Kill podcast, uh, the podcast where we have ear infections and then talk about it. How was your ear infection, Abby? Um, I think it's still there. I have taken. I did take an antibiotic, but I think it's still there. Um, might have to go back because the doctor, pretty. I feel like told me with confidence that my eardrum would burst, and it didn't. So I yeah. feel like it just wants to burst. I think it just needs to burst, which is a okay. bit stressful. But so I may need to go back to the doctor, which I hate the concept of because 
I don't know. I feel like every time I need to go to the doctor, it it's like I need to go to the doctor for multiple things and like a really close sequence of time for whatever reason. And I always mm-hmm. feel like they'll yeah. think I'm a hypochondriac or that I'm insane. I get that. Yeah, you just have time for when you need to go to the doctor. And just like a period of time where everything is happening and then nothing is happening. Wrong. Yeah. 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 So. No. Well, you know, that's kind of how it goes. So I'm going to the hospital next week. So <gasps> Are they going to take your eyeballs out? Yeah. Yes. Finally. I mean, oh, we'll have to cancel the podcast because you can't. You'll have no eyes. Oh, that's so sad. I don't need eyes for the podcast. <laughs> I don't need to see shit. You could watch the movie in Braille. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I'd... we're talking. What? What's next week? Next week is The Shining. I've seen it. Okay. I've seen it so many times. I could talk about it now that's fair. if you want to. Um, no, no, I haven't watched it yet. So uh, that was I a prank. Know. I don't want to end the podcast just so everybody knows. Uh, I would like to continue. It's uh, really the only thing I do of any substance in my life. So. <laughs> Okay, it's <laughs> good that everybody. But knows. I also enjoy doing it. <laughs> we have a we have a hot tub, so now. Oh right, yeah. Did I tell you about the hot tub? I don't remember. I've seen pictures of the hot hot tub. Yeah, <sighs> it's very nice. It um, this can't go on the podcast because it's private. And that's why you don't have sex in a hot tub. <laughs> no. That happened in Glee. Well, they had sex in a hot tub and then... Um... They didn't have sex in a hot tub. They just like kissed a lot. And she tried to convince him that it was why she was pregnant. And not that she'd had like cheated on him and wasn't a virgin anymore. It's a whole thing. What? <laughs> Oh my god, Glee. Anyways, yeah, I don't (laughs) want to talk about Glee. Never. I I never want to talk about it. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, hi, I'm Abby. You know. And I'm a host on this podcast called Fuck Can't Kill, and sometimes Mache joins me, and we don't really... I don't know him very well. He's not my friend. He just turns up in the Zoom call, and I play along. I am literally in every episode. Allegedly. From the start. Allegedly. No no episode without me. Well, that's what you think. Yeah. I wonder who would edit it if I wasn't here. The editor, obviously. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Abby, what film did you watch this week personally, to prepare for the podcast? Um, personally. Yeah. What did you watch this week? I don't know. I want to know. I, I, watched, ooh, I watched Unorthodox, um, the Netflix series. Oh, yeah. It's oh, it's series, really yeah. good. Um, it's but good. it's a mini series, and there was like four episodes, and that was it. And I'm uh, disappointed because I was quite invested. Um, and oh, then it okay. just ended, so that's kind of sad. I feel like Sounds that's all I watched. Um, okay. I watched me and Parker watched Jurassic Park two on Zoom. Oh, nice! I actually never seen that. Week. It's good. Okay. I think I'm it was sure. fine. Jurassic Park one is very good. This one was also yeah, one is amazing. good. Um, Sigourney Weaver slash Julianne Moore was in it. Um, so that was interesting. Um, Jeff Goldblum had a child, and he's like, I feel like not father material. At least his character in the movie isn't at all. I'm like, why did you choose? Well, he is to... a father, so hopefully he he's father. In real life, he probably is, but in the movie, not so much. Anyway, that's irrelevant. This week for the podcast, life finds a way. We watched Carrie. We did indeed watch Carrie, the Brian De Palma film. 
From 1976. Uh, 1976. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting film. I've never seen it I before. Think. You've never seen it before. I've seen it before when I was way too young, it turns out. I didn't even realize <laughs> until I started watching it that I've seen this film when I was probably like 14, 15. Oh, I feel like um, that's a be- logical age to watch it. Well, I guess because I like you know for I guess the same for a lot of people. I kind of started getting into Stephen King when I was a teenager, and that was like my thing. And I was I read a lot of Stephen King books, and I read Carrie. Well, Carrie's um, his first book, I think. Yeah, it's his yeah. first book, and I read it. And I don't know, I was reading a bunch of his books at that time. Kind of read a lot of things, and yeah, so I watched the film because I was watching some of the films as well to kind of get into it. And I watched Carrie, and. Um, I don't think I was ready for it, honestly, watching it now, because, like, I remember it, and I think I, in my head, I liked it, but I, it was never, like, a big thing for me, I guess. And I think a lot of it is because, yeah, I watched it too young, and I watched it before I was into horror films, and I don't that think I sense. fully could really understand what's going on. I feel like, um, for me, um, it's one of those films, because it's kind of such, like, iconic and, like, pop culture and stuff, specifically, like, I feel like for Halloween costumes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like... I know so much about it that it was kind of, you know, there was no element of like watching it and not knowing what to expect, you know? Yeah, maybe. But also, yeah, I guess. And I think that about my first watch, that was also another thing because, yeah, I read the book and I kind of knew a lot about the film as well because it's so well known. Um, But now watching it yesterday, I kind of could let go of all that. And it was, um, it changed the whole film for me, to be fair. Uh Watching it without that expectation or without that thing in the back of my head kind of telling me, um, you know, this is like a classic or whatever. It was it was a different viewing very much. Did you like it? Did you have a good time? Um, I mean, I did not like it. I don't like I don't think I'll watch it again. It didn't it didn't enthrall me that much. It was fine. Hmm. I don't know. It was I feel like I feel like I, th- I think we've covered this many times. I'm just I just don't like older horror films as much as i like newer ones i don't know what it is i can't i can't get into them like obviously some i do like it just kind of depends but i don't know i just feel like the plot of it was so kind of i don't know i can't even i don't know if i can like describe it i just feel like it was like this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then it was over like there was things that i was like why didn't we explore this why did just like it's I don't know. It's like a very basic sequence of events, I guess. Oh um, yeah, it's a very simple film. Yeah, so I guess that. So like as I said, it it wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't like and watch it and say, oh my god, this was amazing. You know. Okay. What do you well, think of it? Well, after watching it yesterday, I think this film is basically a masterpiece. I I thought it was amazing. I thought it was on another level. I thought it was. Really, it kind of got me emotionally, which I wasn't expecting at all. And I, it got me in a lot of different ways that I don't think I was expecting it to. Because, well, the thing about this film is also, like, I don't know, if when you start watching it, like, the film, not only do we know what's going on in Carrie, because everybody knows what happens in Carrie, the film flat out tells you everything that's going to happen, like, within the first few minutes. Or, like, you know, like, the film is very, like, there's no... um. The, the, the anticipation is for you to wait until this all goes wrong, but you know right away it's going to go wrong, and you know how it's going to ro- go wrong. 
And, you know, there's no, like, kind of mystery about the telepathy thing. You know right away there's telepathy. Mm-hmm. You know right away that the girls don't like her and they're going to do something to her. You just don't know exactly what. And that's it, you know. And then you're just waiting for that thing to inevitably happen. And that's the film. And then it happens. And that, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. That's the film. <laughs> but then, that's it. yeah, a lot of it is about how it's made. And a lot of it is about... I think how emotionally charged this film is in a way that I think a first book could be, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, a story like this could be for, for somebody who just needs to let something like this out for whatever <laughs> reason, which is interesting for, for King that this is his first book. And like, this is the first thing. I mean, it's not the first thing he wrote. He wrote stories and shit. He's, he was always yeah. writing stories. His first published book. Yeah. He's, I mean, I think he published like short stories before, but that's his mm-hmm. first novel, I guess, or what you call it. Yeah. It's a very short novel as well. You know, it's not like very long. But um, yeah, it's interesting that this is what he went with and that this is kind of what came out first. Yeah, but I feel like I'd be interested to... I think it's something where I liked it to the extent that I would like watch the remakes to compare and like see what exactly it is yeah. and see if it's like, do I just like... Because I don't think this... Like, I don't think the, con- the concept's good. The concept's interesting. I don't know if it's just that like issue I have with like older films that I just can't enjoy them as much as like newer ones well i've heard that all the remakes suck and uh, oh yeah that was just not surprising there's um so we're we're gonna get into that in a second but there's a there's a film uh about brian de palma called de palma that came out like two years ago three years ago something like that um and it's a noah baumbach film noah baumbach basically just made this documentary about brian de palma films and his way of approaching it was just getting Brian De Palma in front of a camera and making him talk about all his films and that's basically <laughs> what it is. It's just a documentary which consists of Brian De Palma talking about shit and like fragments for, from his films and that's it. It's actually pretty great. I'd really recommend it because Brian is a character, you know? Yes. And he mentions the Carrie remakes uh, when he's talking about Carrie. It's like a 10 minute segment on Carrie and mm-hmm. uh, he basically just says... It was nice to see everybody else attempting Carrie and doing all the mistakes that I didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's got quite an ego, as you might probably deduce from that, and from watching Brian De Palma films, you know. He's there- was that your first De Palma as well? Did you see anything else from him? I don't know, but yeah, I feel like I don't, I didn't dislike it. Like, I don't know. I feel like maybe I do need to like watch it again to enjoy it more. Maybe I don't know. I guess I'm not always, rushing to watch yeah. it again, but there's always this thing about watching a classic film or watching like a big film. And Carrie is a big film, and it became it's weird because nobody when it came out, nobody even believed it's going to be a thing. It's like with a lot of big films, I guess, like that. You know, you get a film. It's like that the company was kind of trying to hide it. Nobody was trying to advertise it. It was this thing kind of that people just liked for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then it gets built up and built up and people talk about it and talk about it. And then it becomes like a massive cinema classic or whatever, which I don't, I don't know if Carrie has that kind of thing, but definitely has like a horror classic kind yeah. of status. And then you watch it and, you know, as a new viewer, then you have a certain expectation and you heard so much about it. And then, you know, a lot of the times you kind of get a disconnect because you don't really get what the status is about yeah i guess i kind of expected or wanted the build-up to like to be a bit better and for there to be a bit more like context i feel like there's things that happen and i'm like i don't really necessarily understand why this is happening Um, oh really that's interesting 
like interest in the sense that they kind of insert things and it's like I can get like I can get where, why it would get to the point of this happening but I don't understand what, like I don't really understand I want to know more about how it got there I don't know but um okay but yeah no it, it is the first of Palma film I've seen I checked that's that's crazy wow yeah um sorry yeah it's it's a, I mean I don't know um I have a complicated relationship with the Palma films I've seen like um. I've seen a few, but I, 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 I just watched Body Double to kind of get myself in the mood for this today. And I did not like it very much. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I don't know. My relationship with De Palma is like, I, I think he's an amazing director, but I don't really like when he writes stuff, I think. I think he's... <laughs> um, well, you know, he's like... The, the thing about him is he, he just loves Hitchcock, right? That's mm-hmm. like his thing. He loves Hitchcock. You can see it in Carrie, obviously. Yes, you can. Um... But in his other films, even more. And he just loves Hitchcock. And basically, he just remakes Hitchcock films with, like, Jello stuff thrown in. And, um, yeah, and they're just more nasty. But that's basically kind of the idea. And, um, I don't know, I just can't get into it if he's doing, like, a thriller kind of, you know, voyeuristic kind of sexy thriller thing. That I just, I don't know, it just kind of doesn't work for me, really. That's what Body Double is. That's what, like... Uh, sisters is that's what blowout is in a lot of ways um all those big the palma films you know uh, that he made at the time and carrie's a bit different yeah but it's not yeah i can't i can't comment on it i've not seen any of the films i know you don't see scarface you know see scarf the the scarface remake no (laughs) okay i've also not seen the untouchables i saw in his filmography i remember seeing that I remember watching a scene from it. Um, yeah, with the stairs. The Battleship Potemkin scene. Um, yeah. But that was just in college. Yeah, where, where he took a break from uh, ripping off Hitchcock and he ripped off Eisenstein instead. Yeah, he just decided is, to know. watch Battleship Potemkin and take it all for some reason. I mean, I'll well, take yeah, it all. I mean, take that bit for some weird, strange reason. So I strange. mean, to be fair, that scene in Battleship Potemkin is uh, fucking amazing. It's great. <laughs> But I like Battleship Potemkin. I don't know why. <laughs> I do also, but I think it's a weird kind of love. It's a, it's a weird film. Like, it's just you know, so it's, weird. Um, you watch it and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I guess maybe growing up in like an Eastern Bloc country it makes more sense, kind of mm-hmm. what's going on in that film. But True. still, yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird experience to watch it. Although it's <clears throat> it's filmed amazingly. Honestly. I remember they were for some reason screening it in Kilrodri, which is like a like a park thing in in Wicklow. They were like yeah. showing it on a big screen for some festival. I have no idea why. Amazing. <laughs> but um, I wanted to go to it, but um, surprisingly, I couldn't get anyone to go with me, so I did not go. Yeah. It was like it was years ago. It was when I was still in college. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he did Untouchables. Like yeah, he did so many films that you know have significance. Like his career, when you look at his filmography, it's just like it's so crazy. Like you know, he goes from one thing to another, and he at least like. You've heard of a lot of them, at least in passing, you know. He goes from, uh, yeah, Carrie to Blowout. And uh, let me have a look here because I don't remember. I think then, what what is it in, like, sequence? It's an interesting he's, he's, he kind of does He does, like, thriller kind of stuff. He starts off doing, like, De Niro films, right? He does some stuff with De Niro, which I think, I haven't seen any of them, but they're supposed to be more, like, I think, comedy kind of drama stuff, right? Starts with that. And he starts making, like, those, yeah, thrillers that are very influenced by, like, 
uh, European horrors, right? Some Jalo stuff and Euro horror, all that kind of stuff. Sisters, uh, obsession, things like that. Uh, he makes Carrie on the way, which turns out to be a hit. Um, he continues doing those thriller stuff. Then he makes Scarface, like in the middle, right? And that kind of builds him up to start doing more gangster-based stuff. He also makes Untouchables. He also makes Carlito's Way, things like that. But like in between, he makes The Bonfire of the Vanities, which I think everybody hates. <laughs> then he makes Mission Possible. You know, it's 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 weird. It's like it's all over the place. Yeah, Mission Impossible and... is like a weird one to be in there. And it's a good film, very good film, uh, <clears throat> by the way. And you can like if you start if you watch Mission Impossible, the first one. Like you can, you can hundred percent see it's a Brian De Palma film. Like it's got like the beginning of this film has uh, basically all the Jalo stuff. It takes place in the European capital. There's a killer with a knife. Uh, lots of POV shots. It's a Jalo film, you know. <laughs> I would never Before... have expected Mission Impossible yeah. to be a Jalo film. <laughs> it is for a while, so and then Tom Cruise starts going into places and Scientology takes over. It's a really good film. Uh, Mission Impossible and most of Mission Impossible films from what I've seen so far but um, yeah so it's, he's kind of that kind of guy who um, kind of grows up or like kind of appears in the same time as all the other American big guys in the 70s like Scorsese and Coppola all those guys but he seems to be weirder <laughs> like the, he's like the weird kind of guy who keeps doing like his sleazy films while the others are getting more serious. That's his deal, Classic. I guess. Someone has to. Someone needs to keep the sleaze. Uh, yeah, and I guess that's him. Yeah. And yeah, his whole career is like, yeah, one Hitchcock thing after another as well. Um, but I do recommend watching the, the documentary because he's it's an interesting guy when he... Yeah, you can just... Yeah, that's kind of what the film does. Just puts a camera, lets him talk, and he talks. And it's very entertaining by itself. Huh. Interesting. Speaking of sleaze, um, hmm. the this school, the school. <laughs> Speaking of sleaze, this movie has a lot of boobies in it. Yeah, it does. But I don't know. It didn't feel that sleazy to me. I feel like so. Okay, so let's start. The movie starts, and it's just like high school girls. They're playing volleyball. Um, yes. And Carrie, like, misses the ball and everyone teases her and is mean to her for, like, no good reason, really. Um, And then there's just, like, naked girls running around in the locker room. And the thing is, is that, like, they're all just, like, got their boobies out, got their vaginas out, slapping each other with towels, which... Yes. And so watching this now, I don't know, I didn't grow up in America or live there ever. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. But for me, this was, like, not how the changing room in PE was. At all. Besides the fact we didn't have showers, yeah. we just had to sink after. Um. Also, like, everyone, like, changed behind their shirts and, like, didn't want anyone to see them. Like, we were all using our uniforms to hide our naked bodies. So this was, like... Well, yeah, but... Well, this is not a very realistic film, is it? Exactly. No, they're just walking around naked. and But it makes sense, right? Because... The, the film is about Carrie I know. finding out about her... Yeah, well, it's just like, you know, <laughs> on a very basic level, like, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that De Palma is like some genius, although he is very good, but like, make you know, it it's sense. not like he just puts the naked ladies in for with no reason. Like, I I mean, he does in later films and <laughs> yeah. different films. I mean, I feel but like just scene... for me, it's like, I'm like, this doesn't, that's, 
I don't know. I'm just like that. That's not actually how it is. But then again, like I went to a Catholic school. Maybe it's maybe it's that thing of like the Catholic ideology. I don't know. But I feel like I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't think it's like that for anybody. To be honest, I don't think so. Either, I don't think which that's just, just how makes it is. me like, why did you put this in? Maybe one. Girl oh yeah, he put be... that in because that's the juxtaposition to Carrie mm-hmm. not knowing what's going on with her body. So you but see Carrie's all the other also girls naked. being very comfortable. Well, yeah, but she's having a shower by herself in an amazing sequence. But everyone can but, see her. You know, she's detached from the other girls. The other girls are naked around <laughs> each other and they're doing the thing with the towels and they're all very comfortable with their bodies and themselves. You know, in that kind of situation. Which is also, you know, maybe not a high school thing, but definitely like a 70s, 60s thing yeah. of like America or like that kind of idea Free love thing. of also, young people being more open. Yeah, also them. all of these um, high school girls are very much um, grown women. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> in like which, is, which is good for us at this podcast. Because it's good I for think us in this podcast. Um, we can establish right away that we consider everybody in this film to be of age, right? They, yeah, because they are. Um, yeah, because they are. I've at least I checked think. on my fuck. Because um, there's not much to Check choose on mine from. as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're, it's they're very like visibly of age. Like they're all <laughs> clearly yeah. Like Sissy sure. Spacek is like 20, 28 or something like that. Seven. She's older than us in yeah. that film. Yeah, she's older than us. But that's good um, because that makes watching it less uncomfortable. To yeah, me. because she's because the <laughs> the next scene is like softcore porn. Um, she's like, <laughs> well, come on, it's not. well, softcore. Um, she's like having a sensuous shower. Um, and she's like, it's beautiful. It's it's Did like you find it beautiful. Yeah, it's beautifully shot, but it is I also it was wonderful. Porn. Who says softcore porn can't be beautiful? But I'm just acknowledging that it is. I, I'm not kind of that. Um. But yeah, so she's oh, like. By the way, oh, there's something I, I wrote down in my thing. What did you write? Down? Um, I wrote down opening credits bush. <laughs> um, which is a reference you probably don't. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say out loud, so let me let me uh, let me talk a bit more about why I wrote that. So, uh, you haven't seen Knocked Up? No, um, I'm not. But there's a scene in Knocked Up where they're watching Carrie. Anyways, there's a setup in Knocked Up where there's a bunch of dudes who do nothing with their life basically. But what they're doing actually is they're trying to start a business, and the business they're starting is a website that you go onto. This is like, what, 15 years ago? A website you go onto and that you can type a movie in. And that movie tells you if there's nudity in it and <laughs> what timestamps, what kind of nudity there's going to be there. Right? Oh That's their big idea. That idea is actually already a thing. And they find out about it in the film as well. There's oh. a film, there's a site called Mr. Skin. I think it's still active. That <laughs> tells you exactly that. Um, where's the nudity when timestamps so you can just scroll to it i guess <laughs> i don't know whatever um so yeah so and there's uh there's a scene and basically the yeah the, there's like a romance in the film and the girlfriend of the main character starts watching those films as well and when she's watching films she just kind of jots down what's going on so just don't they have it <laughs> and there's a scene where she watches carrie and she starts watching carrie and she pauses it right at the start and starts screaming opening credits bush and then they come over with the nobles and they're like, oh, you never see Bush at the opening credits. That's something. <laughs> My God. Anyways. Opening credits, Bush. It is, you know, obviously, honestly, this is a, it's a pretty big deal. Even in this, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's pretty late on and there was a lot of sex in American films and stuff like that. But it's still, I think, a shock to a lot of people to see a vagina on the opening credits of a film in the 70s. That's true. I'd say it's a pretty big shock right now if you go see a film oh, yeah. in the cinemas For and sure. there's a vagina 
right off the bat. You're like, sure. Whoa, Especially a hairy one. That's... Yeah, well, you know, in the 70s, I'm sure that was a lot less. Yeah, less shocking. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, so she's like washing herself in the shower. The shower head looks a little bit like a penis. Um, and there's like a close-up of her boobs. Yeah. She's giving them a good old rub. Um, and she's then washing she, herself. Yeah. She's washing herself, as one does in the shower. And then she drops the soap. Don't do that in prison. Okay, that was your joke. Okay, that's, great. That was my joke. Um, yeah, that's good. That's and, great. <laughs> and then she's sharing, and then she like sees blood. So she's and so you know, I just wrote in brackets. I just wrote period. Cause, yeah, it's a good observation. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately, it's not the observation that <clears throat> Carrie has. Carrie's like, "Fuck, I'm dying." Uh, it's it. This is yeah, Carrie right. freaks out because because she's bleeding out of her vagina and it's weird. But also, and also, she yeah. just like runs to her classmates, crying and screaming, "Help me!" and like clutching their nice white shirts with her bloody hand. And I'm like, honestly, this is why people bully you. Who does this? Who runs naked, screaming, clutching? She's having a breakdown. Shirt. Yeah, she's. She's yeah. clearly unhinged. Bleeding. Um, yeah. And the girls are all being... But the girls are all being quite horrible to her. Like, they also should probably be a bit sensitive. Um, and then the teacher slaps her. That's not okay. It happens several times in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so basically, yeah, the, the girls are throwing towels at her and then throwing... They're like, um, plug it up. Yeah. Plug it up. Yeah. Female hygiene products at her. And she basically just cowers in the corner, like, naked, screaming. you know, terrified, screaming. Um... Yeah, and they're screaming, plug it up, plug it up. Um, and then the teacher comes over and yeah, like her first instinct is also to be like, get a grip on yourself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it's she slaps her and she's idiot. like, yeah, it's like, yeah, just, just, yeah, get up and be whatever, be an adult or something. Yeah. She tells her or whatever. And then I guess um, she realizes kind of quickly that Carrie doesn't know what's going on. Um, yeah. So she becomes a bit more like sensitive to it, but but not after, not before, she has slapped her, um, square on the face, um, and then Carrie gets really upset and the light explodes, so we're clearly like, oh, yeah, her brain's doing something, yeah, something's going on, yeah. And then the next scene, the principal and the PE teacher, um, which is what I'm referring to that woman as. I guess she's the, P- I'm pretty sure she's the PE teacher, or she the is gym the PE teacher, teacher or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and there's like we hear things like you know knowing that mother of hers, and then like something like we can't interfere with people's beliefs. So it's this amazing shot. Like there's this shot's gonna like this kind of sequence, like uh, this kind of specific shot setup is gonna keep appearing in this film where there's mm-hmm. like a person in the forefront and then um a background and it's like juxtaposed in a very jarring way you know in a way that you would never see in a film that's good nowadays or even at that time very very specific kind of setup um so you kind of see two things at the same time so there's no like depth of field everything is the same sort of visible visibility is the same on all of them it's all sharp and you kind of see her face and then the background at the same time uh, it's kind of amazing. It's well done. I have to say, <laughs> you know, it's a good chat. Um, and then the so basically, we're getting the impression that like Carrie's mom is um quite religious, assumably given on like we can't interfere with people's beliefs, and also just yeah. like in general, I guess she's a bit of a problem. So they're like not surprised that Carrie doesn't know. I mean, they're surprised, mm-hmm. but they're also like, well, if you think about her mother, I guess maybe it's not that surprising. Um, and then the principal like calls they like call her in and the principal keeps calling her Cassie 
in spite of being corrected multiple times, she keeps calling multiple her. He time. keeps calling her Cassie. Um, and then Carrie looks down at the ashtray and she is like, I don't know. I don't know if she's annoyed at him or she's annoyed at the smoke. Both, maybe. Um, and then she's like, it's Carrie. And then the ashtray shakes. And then he calls her Cassie again. And then she's like, it's Carrie. And then the ashtray like flips upside down. And then she runs out the door. There's a little bit. Uh, there's a little bit when the principal is talking with the PE teacher and uh, he notices that she has a little bit of blood on her shorts mm-hmm. and he gets visibly uncomfortable. It's really interesting. It's a little shot that's kind of in, in the middle of the dialogue, but it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, kind of shows you that the principal is very uncomfortable with the situation, doesn't know what to do. Classic. Because um, yeah, the PE teacher just has, it just has a smudge, like a smudge of the blood on her. And he just kind of looks at it and he's like, yeah, doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Freaked out by it, um, um, which is nice. Which is kind of the thing that this film, weirdly, you know, as as over the top as this film is, and it is in a lot of ways in the acting and the setups and a lot of the things that's going on, it's very over the top. Sometimes close to maybe some kitschy stuff, even. You know, it's got some subtle stuff like that going on, especially with the men who are very terrible, <laughs> uh, clueless as to <laughs> what's going on. Even like they're not even like they're pretty bad, but they're like not even aware of the situation like none of the men in this film is even like remotely connected to what's going on they're all just like there and then they do stuff and they're like better worse whatever but they all have like zero comprehension of what's actually going on which is kind of fun it's true to real life the principal is the first one yeah i guess it (laughs) is um yeah so that all happens and basically then like Carrie's cycle Carrie's just walking home and then a kid like cycles by her and calls her creepy Carrie and then she like looks at him and he falls off the bike. So clearly yeah. she gets like quite a lot of bullying in different ways. Um and it's just generally regarded as like weird. Um Well, I think you can know right away that Carrie just has Well yeah, you can also t- Yeah, no, yeah, no, but what I mean is that like you can tell like by the fact that this kid is calling her creepy Carrie that she oh, also yeah, just like, like yeah clearly gets a lot of stick um and then then the next scene is i'm not i guess i don't fully understand the context of it i can guess the context so like carrie's mom brings like a religious book to sue's mother sue is one of the girls who kind of partakes in the the bullying of carrie um and so from my understanding i'm like well did did the mom like what's happening here why why is she there? Is she just doing her general like missions of like trying to spread the good word of the Lord? Or is there a reason she went to Sue specifically? No, I think she walks around the neighborhood, I guess. Um, from what I understand, she either is like a, I don't know, a regular at a church or something like that, or that's even maybe her job. I'm not really sure. It's hard to know. But basically, I think she just goes around town and talks about the Bible Kind of like a Jehovah's Witness would. Yeah, I would imagine she's um, one of those like staunch um, Christian people who yeah. just feel like it's their um, their purpose to, which is, I guess, kind of what the Bible maybe teaches. I don't know that it's their purpose to spread the word, and yeah, you know, that's their their calling is to actually just convert people. Um, so that's what she's doing. But yeah, okay. Yeah, so she basically just comes over and wants to talk about the Bible, <laughs> wants to talk about things. And uh, yeah, Sue's mom is not really into it. So she just tries to, you know, make her leave. So she gives her a bunch of money. And um, yeah, Miss White is um, not impressed by that. She takes the... Uh, 
She takes the money, <laughs> sure, but she's like, you know, I hope you find Jesus and stuff. Yeah. Know? Piper Laurie in this, this role is really, it's really going for it. Mm, she is. I think another thing that maybe I had when I was like younger than that, I thought that was just, you know, that was so over the top and like, you know, unreasonable that somebody would be like that. And now I know that this is not true and that people like that exist and they oh, yeah. really think that way. They do. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. And it's always about, yeah, like shaming. She's very much not like, brand of religious person who it's all about shame and all that stuff so she like um goes their house is for sale for some reason that's really not dug into further um but like you get into Carrie's... i think it's the site next to them is for sale is it and there's is that so. just kind of to reference then the end okay um but yeah so they have a replica they sorry they so you get back into carrie's house um the mom returns home and they've like got a replica of the last supper on the wall there's those like pictures or like statues that are all like jesusy um yeah. and then carrie is like asking her mom why she didn't tell her about periods and then her mom starts reading this passage that's called like the sins of women and it's basically yeah. saying that like you know eve was made from the rib of adam and he, she was weak and she, I guess, rode. And then because of that, God gave women, made women bleed to like pay for that or whatever, for their sins. Um, which is honestly fucking rude. God. Could like. Well, yeah. Really rude. Really not nice. Um, but that's life. Uh, and then Carrie is like, her, the mom like has this closet that she locks Carrie into that has like a statue of Jesus that has really spooky eyes and really big hair and has like lots of arrows in him. Remember that for later, children. Well, okay. A few things. First off, uh, Carrie gets hit by the Bible in the face, which is something. Mm-hmm. Um, her mom hits her all over the face with a Bible, which is her way of, of talking to her and arguing. And also you can uh, understand from that dialogue that her mom believes that if Carrie would not have sinned, she would not get her period. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even like a thing of a religious belief that a period is a, you know, a sign of sin or something like that. It's like on Carrie that she got the period and it's a wrong thing because if she wouldn't, if she would have been a good girl and not have sinned, then she wouldn't get the period. Uh, which is another level of crazy. Also because Carrie is like, what? I don't know what she's supposed to be, but they're going to prom. So she's like probably close to 18, even in the film, right? Um, so that's really late to get her period anyway. Um, so I think and, that the, uh, it seems to indicate that she's like 16. Yeah, I don't know when they go to prom in America. I'm yeah, sure that's either. very clear in America, but yeah, whatever. For us, um, we need some more exposition about her age. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's in the book, I just don't remember. But um, yeah, so there, there's like those, the, 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 those are the layers and we're going to get a little bit more into the mom as the film goes on because, you know, you don't really need that information right now. But what you need to know is that, yeah, it's kind of like the blame is being put on Carrie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like a, like a, it's a bit more layered than you would think it is. Like, you know, it's like a full on belief that it's not going to happen. Like this is a, this is a sort of, you know, Christian belief like that goes so far and is so con. I don't even know where she takes that from because it's already a very. Uh, I don't think it's in the Bible or anything like that. Like she's, yeah, she's she's so into it that she kind of believes that maybe there's ways to avoid that. Even though, I don't think you would learn that in the church, really. Yeah, exactly. It's that thing of like um, certain religious people taking on weird um, beliefs that they've decided are convenient for them, and you know using it to abuse people 
Yeah. It's, well, nice. it's not a very convenient belief because, you know. Yeah. There's not much you can do with it. It's just <laughs> it's trying to... Can only go wrong. I guess for her mom, it's basically... Um, keeps her... For, like, it, it enables her to continue gaslighting Carrie. Because she's like, oh, you sinned. That's why you got your period. You need to pray more. You need to do this. You need to do that. Um, yeah. So it's convenient for her true. in that way. Um, but yeah, so she has this this closet that she locks Carrie away in. And Carrie's, like, crying then in her mirror. And then the mirror starts to, like, distort. And then it breaks. It's got, like, psycho... Um, <laughs> Vibes. String uh, stabs. Uh, with each of the cracks. That's an amazing effect, by the way. I don't know how they did that burn. Mm, it's spooky. But it looks fucking awesome. It looks so great. I really have no idea how they did it. Yeah. It's spooky. It's like a... Yeah. It's like a funhouse mirror kind of thing. Yeah. kind of looks like it's kind of distorting. Like, because it's got going, like, outwards. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like pulsating. It's spooky. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Good stuff. And yeah, and the stabs, like the psycho stabs, like it couldn't even be more direct. Like, I don't know. It's, it's literally <laughs> like the thing from Psycho. Like, I don't even know how you would mask that. It's not even trying yeah, to you can't. pretend it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's basically it. Carrie gets upset, breaks the mirror. And yeah, then the next note I have is about the class. The reading out the poem. Um... Yeah, so basically the, the setup is that the, the teacher is reading out a poem and then it turns out it's a poem by a guy in the class called Tommy. Obviously it's not because it's a good poem. We're going to find out later. <laughs> if you're, if you're a smart smart viewer, you might realize right away that that kid did not write that fucking poem. But anyways, uh, yeah, the teacher reads out the poem. He loves the poem. He says that Tommy is so great. Tommy is a weird character and he's acted in a way that's very, uh, very out there. I don't you know, understand Like a lot of him. performances. Well, I think that's a. I, I really like that about this film because I think it really captures how high school uh, students are giggly or like how they laugh at stupid things and like they cannot just kind of keep a straight face. And Tommy's very much like that. He just kind of giggles at everything and laughs all the time. Um, it's also another thing about you know, Carrie just kind of being sad all the time and all those students having like this fucking great joy of a life where they don't have to care about anything and they just can bully a person and not care. But uh, yeah, Tommy's kind of like a giggly giggly boy he just kind of laughs around and the teacher reads his poem and asks anybody if they have any criticisms i don't know why but and then carrie just says that she thought it was beautiful and then the teacher roasts her for that the teacher makes fun of her really weird it's so mean which is it's so mean yeah he's just like like like, she's like oh it was she's like i think it was beautiful and she's like oh beautiful (laughs) haha And he's basically making fun of, like, he's like, that's not criticism, that's just, like, a comment. Like, you know, he wants people to give, yeah. feed, they want to, he wants people to criticize the poem. And, like, it's like, no, but I just wanted to say. <sighs> so it's very sad that everyone just likes yeah, to bully Carrie. Um, and then Tommy says, you suck, or something like that. Which is, yeah. like, in, in um, it's directed at the teacher. Yeah. Um, he's right. He's right. He sucks. Um... So that's that scene. And then in the next scene. Yeah, then we go back to PE. Yeah, and the gym teacher Um, is basically. And Carrie's been. um, Was told in the principal scene that she doesn't have to go to PE for like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, so she just kind of has has a little glimpse. Like she comes over and kind of looks at it and then goes away. 
And um, in, in that's gym, where it kind of cuts to. The PE teacher yeah. is berating the students about what they did to Carrie. Um, and also, but then like weirdly starts to criticize them and like interrogate them about their prom dates. In that weird way that I Whoa. find films always do, or TV shows often do with like the relationship. Um, they do this with the relationship between like students and teachers. As though like, I don't know, it's, and I don't think I've ever seen it or experienced it in real life. That it's like the teachers are like, oh, and like you think you're so great and you're going, who are you going to the prom with? Oh yeah, you're probably going with him. And that's so great. And you think you're great. And they're just like really, like just, she's just like going, going in on them. And I'm like, you see this? You can't, you can't. And it's clearly that like, she is trying to like, I don't know, she's, you know, she feels bad about Carrie and she's like angry at all of them for like bullying Carrie. But it's like, you can't. Just be like, oh, I'm going to bully the students then because they were bullying Carrie. That's not helpful. That's not productive. Yeah. They deserve well, it, I but think like, it's just, it's not productive. I think it's just a lot of it is about her feeling powerless about what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this thing of, yeah, she, she witnesses this thing and she kind of fucks up a little bit and now she doesn't know how to make it right. Mm-hmm. So she does kind of let out a lot of her anger on those girls in a ways that, you know, clearly are not too healthy, but you know. Yeah. That's basically it. I don't think this film is supposed to teach you how to behave oh, with yeah. kids. It's not. I don't, I don't um. think that's the greatest way to, to do it. Yeah, so basically, yeah, she just kind of talks to them about the, the proms. And yeah, it's, again, this kind of thing of, like, yeah, the, the prom is this big thing and, like... Um, it's like a bargaining because tool. This film, yeah, this film is all about the high school, so it's, like, yeah, that kind of pretentious, overblown thing of, like, all the things going on in high school are the most important thing ever and... Uh, not going to prom is the biggest, you know, kind of, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, punishment that you can give to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So she kind of threatens them with like, you're not going to go to prom. That was my first idea of a punishment. And she, then she was talked out of it. So uh, basically they just got like extra exercise or whatever. Um, yeah, they get punished with like after school detention, yeah. but the detention is like a gym class. It's like PE. Yeah. yeah so basically, um, yeah. And the also the that's the one thing I began to observe about this character named Norma, who is just always wearing this rainbow hat, and she's wearing like all yeah. the other girls are wearing a yellow shirt and black shorts, and she's wearing her yellow shirt, but then she's wearing her red shorts and her red rainbow hat, and I'm like, why does she just get to not wear the uniform? She's kind of the she's um, the quirky one, the stupid girl. Yeah, yeah, she's kind of the stupid girl. Um. Um, she kind of follows the the main, I guess, bad girl in the group, Chris. Which is Chris, yeah. she's her friend. Yeah. So then the um, in the next bit, basically the gym teacher, um, Chris, like is being like, I don't want, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like there's about ten minutes left of detention. She should have just done it, but she's like, I'm not going to go to prom. Well, yeah. You can't get but away. She's with a this. high school girl. Yeah. She's like, you're not. Well, she's but she's actually like 25. <laughs> but she's like, well, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's Nancy Allen. You yeah. know, I don't know how old Nancy Allen was. She was around sure. 25 or something, I think. 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like, you're not going to get away with this. And then the teacher slaps her. The teacher loves slapping children. Yeah. Um, and then that's basically it. There's a lot of slapping. There's so thing, much yeah. slapping. Um, and yeah, so that happens. And then the next carries like... This is the thing about this film is that I feel like everything is like... So there's so many just like scenes that are short and then the next thing happens and that's another short scene and it's all just building up to this one big long scene at the end but everything before that is yeah, just loads exactly. of short scenes and I feel like that was part of the problem with me I was like oh, so much is happening at once 
I was talking to my mom yesterday. We watched Being John Malkovich. Uh, it's great. And then we were, and then you know that thing where Netflix, when you stop watching a film, the Netflix just starts showing you like um, title screens of different films mm-hmm. and kind of fades into the next one. And at the bottom, there's like categories that Netflix gives those films. It's like I don't know, comedic, terrifying, whatever. And there was a category that showed up that was called slow burn. And my mom was like, "What's what does that mean?" And I explained slow burn to her. And I watched Carrie and I was like, wow, Carrie's like the perfect slow burn. What does slow burn even mean? It's just like, it's it's like taking ages to get to one climax, like one thing. Yeah, that's basically the idea of slow burn. It's like building, building, building up, but it's a burn. So at the end, there's going to be like some sort of an explosion, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like a slow build up to like a big finale. And Carrie's exactly that. It's, It's basically only that. Like the only thing you have is that ending thing, which everything is building up to. So everything that those scenes are, are doing is they're building up, they're giving you the basis for what's going to happen later. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of it is very, very much toying with your emotions as well. You know, you're kind of, that this this scene, like this sequence of the film is you getting to feel bad for Carrie and you kind of sympathizing with Carrie and kind of being with her in that kind of environment of terrible high school kids. Yeah, it wants us to hate the right people so that we can then like be on Carrie's side um at the end. Yeah. Um are you excited to see I'm thinking of ending things? Kaufman's new movie? I am so excited. It's really good. Watch. That's why I watch I, I don't know I don't know anything about it, so please don't tell me. I didn't watch the trailer. I don't know what the film is about. Um I just heard it's fucking weird as shit. But you know it looks that's weird. To be expected. Um I yeah so I'm watching everything now. Mm. I watched being John Malkovich and I think I'm just gonna go for everything. Probably gonna watch adaptation today or tomorrow. Was being John Malkovich on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. <gasps> I've never seen it. it. Recommend it. I've never seen it, and I yeah, never. You should see it. It's really good. Yeah, it looks good. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see. I'm thinking of ending things. It looks good. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna be watching it on Friday when it drops mm-hmm. right away. I uh, can't wait. I I have Charlie's book here. Haven't read it yet. Um, it's gonna be my next thing. Charlie, probably. my dog. What? Charlie, my dog. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's called uh, um, the art of being stinky. How to take care of your bed? Oh God, he was having five s- best methods. He was having so much sex with his bed today. It was really upsetting. Okay. We're like Charlie, please. Wow, he was a horny boy today. Oh my God, it's really upsetting. Wow. It's because Ralph was here, and he whenever Ralph was here, they have sex. So they didn't get the chance to have sex, um, and I guess that made him upset. Okay. Um, yeah, let's just... Let's just, just, <laughs> just yeah, move on. That's enough information. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, next Yeah, up. but yeah, I'm thinking of Inking Things. It's Yeah, it's I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, when, great. When Charlie came over for Dublin Film Festival, um, which was one of the last things I, I did before this whole thing started, was yeah a Q&A with Charlie Kaufman, which was amazing. Right. He was talking a little bit about it. He didn't say much, thankfully. But he kept saying that it's just a weird, cheap film that he did. And he's just so um, surprised that they let him do it. Oh. <laughs> Which I guess he is about everything that happens now. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I've been hearing good things. And I um, I don't know. It's like the, the biggest thing that happened in cinema for me in a while. Like, you know, I don't know. There wasn't a big thing like this for me in in a while you know because there's like there's I don't know. i'm not really excited about tenet yeah i'm not excited about going to see tenet in the cinemas yeah. 
Uh, I was thinking that I might go on first day, but then I went to the city and I was like, eh, I'm not feeling it. So I didn't go to see Tenet. But um, yeah, I'm a lot more excited about 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 I'm thinking of ending things. And I would love to see it in cinemas, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's not meant to be. <laughs> so next, what happens? Carrie is like in the library reading up about miracles and finds the definition of telekinesis. That's pretty yeah. much that. And then next up, John fucking Travolta turns up. Who knew he was yeah, in John's this movie? Uh, yeah, John Travolta turns up, and he is the boyfriend of Chris that we heard mentioned before. I don't remember his name. I just um, referred to him as John Travolta. Billy. His name is not important. Yeah, his name is not important. Um, yeah. So basically, they are riding the car, right? Is that this point in time? Yeah, they're just riding around. So okay, yeah. let me stop. Um. That's pretty much it. They're together. Um, and then I think like the next thing that. I, I think. Well, oh, sorry. My, my notes first say that Claire asks Tommy to take Carrie to prom. Is that what her that's name the is? the first thing that happens. Uh, no, that's 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 my mistake. I kept calling her Claire oh, until I realized at the end of the film that her name is Sue. <laughs> that was a weird thing that I did. Anyways, her name is Sue. Um, yeah, so she basically feels bad and she uh, asks her boyfriend Tommy to take Carrie to prom mm. instead of her. Um, it's kind of her way of, of, of making the situation yeah. better, I guess. Yeah, and then... It's some sort of an idea. Yeah, it's, in, it's a concept. And then Billy, who is John Travolta, is drinking beer while driving yeah. and then it's like all over his mouth for some reason. Like, he, he doesn't know where his mouth is. He's just keep pouring the beer on his face hoping for the best. Yeah. It's like, yeah, John Travolta is like the ultimate stupid high school kid. Like, he, he literally, like... It's not even that he's not aware of what's going on in the film. He's, like, not even aware of where he is. He's just driving a car and having beer. And, like, I don't even know he knows where he's going. It looks like he's just there kind of obliviously happy about everything happening to him. Um, he, his smile is so stupid. It's such an asshole smile of a person who just gets everything for free. Yeah, his like, laugh Everybody well. wants to fuck him. Everybody wants to fuck him. Everyone wants to hang out with him. There's a car going by with, like, uh, other kids and they were like hey are you going to this party and he looks at, at his girlfriend's breasts and he's like no I've got titties to... in this car exactly because he wants to have sex and they go over and then there's a car of girls coming over and they're all like hey and he's like yeah <laughs> he gets everything he gets everything he he doesn't need to do nothing like that's that's his whole thing mm, that's and his vibe that's all he needs to know about <laughs> it basically um, he's that kind of guy the film is not very focused on him and that's great he's just a dickhead which is which is really good because I think the the book has a bit more on him, but I think the film just kind of abandons all that and there's like, yeah, he's just this guy who did this thing because he's basically like, I guess, like the main or like the main driving, like in a way he kind of does everything main that antagonist. happens at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not the brains behind it, but he's the muscle. Yeah. But um, the film is just like it doesn't even matter. No. Like the film is very oblivious to who Billy is and what he does. He's just an asshole in that place, and that's it. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more focused on Chris, I guess, in a lot of ways, and I guess their relationship is like a textbook, uh, toxic relationship. Yeah, he's so like horrible. He like can be in. he. The police see him drinking beer, and then he throws it at Chris's feet, and then he, she's like, "You're a stupid shit," and then he slaps her. He's just yeah, they have a abusive. Argument. Yeah, they're well, they're abusive to each other, honestly. They are. Um, but she doesn't slap um, him. 
she does not slap him though because he will then slap her a lot harder mm. which she doesn't mm. want but this is basically the way they communicate so he slaps her and because she calls him like a shit or something she calls him a stupid like shit yeah and then he calls her a fuck or whatever <laughs> they just call each other like bad you fuck but uh, it's like that scene in Donnie Darko. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen it. Okay, and then yeah, and then oh. she like starts licking his fingers, and then he's like, and then they start yeah. kissing just quite weirdly. Like they're again, he's yeah, like, so he's like, what do we the... do here? Where's your mouth? Where's my mouth go? Where's your mouth go? How's this work? He just doesn't know. Yeah, so basically, it's like yeah, he gets upset uh, with her. She gets upset with him. He gets abusive. She starts to get sexy to take his mind off the anger, <laughs> so he can instead fuck it off like fuck it out like kind of get it out that way um and that's the relationship which i think is a very uh i, I can believe that's a relationship a lot of high school people have <laughs> i think it's very easy to believe yeah um yeah but it's textbook like the the thing you should not do in a relationship is like it's all there uh yeah very basic stuff but still yeah and it's also like the kind um, of thing of it's like he's trying to sexually assault her it's like pretty much the same as the car scene in greece when Danny keeps groping Sandy, yeah. um, it's almost like Dan- It's almost like John Travolta goes into these movies and he's like, "What if I groped them? That might be good. That'd be sexy if I groped them." Um, because it's like it's kind of like he's trying to assault her because she keeps being like, "Stop!" And that, but it's not clear what he's doing. And then, and then it turns out it feels like it's this whole like bad narrative of no means yes because she's like, "Wait!" And then they start kissing again, and then they're going at it, and yeah. then she starts. Um, she starts giving him head, but like she's saying his name while doing it, and there's clearly no penis in the way of her saying yeah, his name. Yeah, it's very. Uh, <laughs> like she's it like is Billy. Very, very unrealistic. Billy, yeah. it's like okay, there's no dick in that mouth. You're saying Billy perfectly. Yeah. Don't bitch. And then she's like, "I hate Carrie White," and it's like that turns her on. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it it is not in terms of sound design. I'm sure this could use a little bit of work, but also I'm sure they couldn't have done it because I don't think people, I I don't think that's something that could have passed in the seventies. Yeah, he's just she's um, just got a, she's just asleep on his lap. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. Maybe she's just rubbing her nose on his balls or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's what's going on. It's kind of hard to say. Anyways, he seems to be enjoying it, and she talks through it. Um, and then <laughs> basically she. <laughs> Yeah, she says, I hate Carrie White. And he, said, and he says, who? And then he has <laughs> Carrie, which is hilarious. So it's really good. Really good. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's stupid. Also, I have a story about John Travolta. Okay, tell um, me. I was, uh, I was at my house a few weeks ago. And yeah, basically when I go over to my family now, we I watch a film with my mom usually. After we go for a walk, we have some food, and then uh, everybody just kind of starts doing their own stuff and i just watched film with my mom and we watched hairspray the the hairspray remake on prime because back in the day we watched hairspray the original together my mom actually really liked it um so we watched the remake we watched it and we we i mean i thought it was all right my mom liked it a lot i thought it was fine it was kind of you know underwhelming a little bit but i thought it was okay uh, but we watched it, and at the end, we're talking about it, and like what we like, what we didn't like, as the credits are rolling. And I said, "Well, you know, I thought John Travolta was really good. I thought that was probably his best performance since Pulp Fiction." And my mom was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, John Travolta, you know." And she was like, "That was John Travolta." And I was like, "What?" 
She didn't know that was John Travolta. And I had to rewind the film to the beginning to show her because she didn't believe me that that was John Travolta. And we watched, yeah, another thing of Edna Turnblad talking about something. And I was like, yeah, this is John Travolta. And my mom was shocked. It looks like him, though. She was shook. <laughs> it looks so um, though. That's a That's his most cursed role in terms of, like, how he looks. Well, yeah, I guess that's the idea. But I think I think he's really good. He's channeling Divine he's in a very, I think, in a, in a way that I, I found a lot more respectful than I thought I would. Yeah, he's good. I think he's really trying to get the the tone of the voice and the temper and stuff like that. Like, he, I think he's really, like, he feels it feels like he put work into this role, which is not really something you associate with John Travolta most of the time. True. Yeah, that's good. I feel like... Um... Hairspray is a good movie. I like it. Like the the musical. Like I think it was well done. I, I I think it's a bad movie. I think it's a movie of good intentions, which which makes me forgive a lot of things about it. But I think that they mess up the script so badly in ways that I didn't expect. Like they they change stuff up from the original. They put things there. What's well, based off the they musical? Take out. Well, yeah, but maybe then I don't know. Maybe it works better on stage or whatever. Maybe the stage needs something else. But I felt like in the movie. There's just unnecessary conflicts and stupid things that just take your attention away from stuff. Like the the thing with Zac Efron kind of saying, oh, no, actually, I need to go. It's like such a fucking cliche thing that happens. Like, you know, that doesn't happen in the original where, uh, where Tracy's kind of put away for a while because Zac Efron feels like he has an obligation about something. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense in the film, I think. Also, the whole like... I mean, that's kind of funny in a way. That's a funny scene with Christopher Walken and, and Michelle Pfeiffer, kind of her trying to seduce him or whatever. But it's also kind of pointless and doesn't, like, it's just two two songs in the film that do nothing for the plot at all. They're just there for 15 minutes of runtime. Makes no it's sense. It's a musical. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure, but whatever. But, you know, for me, it's like, I don't know the musical. I'm watching the film. I'm watching the film based on the film I really like. And I don't mind that it's a musical. It's just I, I mind that the changes you make seem to kind of destroy the flow a little bit. And I kind of get that they want to get Edna more into the film. Because in the original Hairspray, she's very much a supporting character. And she's not that in it. Well, it's because it was John Travolta. You have a big ticket. Forward. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I don't think it really works. And it's kind of, you know, a lot of the things is about her kind of being on the line. Also, when you start doing stuff like that, you really start to kind of unravel how basic hairspray is in its portrayal of racial tensions (laughs) and how you know if you start making it like this and this film really doubles down on the racial stuff because into your original hairspray it's like it's there and it's important but it's like you know it's it's a cheap b-movie thing so a lot of how easy and simple it is kind of comes from the aesthetic and then this big hollywood big name film Suddenly, if racial relations look like this, then it starts to be a bit green booky, you know? It starts to look like, uh, it's it's a bit off, you know? You get all those big names, yeah. And it's like, yeah, Edna is like on top, like, at the... Uh, or, like, Tracy, they're, they're doing a protest, and Tracy's, like, at the, you know, <laughs> at the forefront with, like, the thing. And I'm like, uh, I'm a bit iffy about this part, guys. Yeah, it's not great. And then the original is just a riot. <laughs> like they basically just have a riot, and there's no kind of thing like that. You know, it's also not a very like racially like you know amazingly nuanced film or whatever. Mm. Well, it was also like nothing... I feel like I feel like racial tensions in general are a lot more of a like topical thing now, in terms of people. Yeah. Like I feel like 
back when Hairspray was made and also when the film is set itself. It's like that was a time where things were kind of just like, like black people were just kind of starting to be able to experience less segregation. But there was still, I'd imagine, like elements of fear and elements of like not wanting to go against the status quo for fear of backlash and that kind of thing. Whereas now it's yeah. more of a thing of like, listen, this should like, why is this still happening? Back then it was still very much like, why the fuck is this happening? But even more so now it's yeah. like, you know, everyone like rights and everything, like all of the stuff that was fucked up before, like in terms of legalities have changed yet still the prejudice and everything exists. So I feel like, I guess they also yeah. felt like they needed to up it up a bit more for the movie. I get that. But then, but then, yeah, if you up it up, then, you know, do it right. There's a responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this, this changes so much. And, you know, even like Hairspray, the, the new one is 2007 and it's already outdated in a lot of ways. I'm sure they would have done it differently now. But uh, the original Hairspray from 88, you know, that's a whole different story. You know, I think if you look at an 88 movie, then you kind of maybe don't even expect that kind of a thing to be in there. Um, so obviously, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of things could have been done better in the original Hairspray. I'm not saying they couldn't have, you know, but it's got so like, you know, but it's and all, but it's got this kind of thing of like this layer of, yeah, that that John Waters kind of satirical nonsense kind of gross out humor, which kind of makes it all seem less of a statement, maybe even and more of a, you know less of a statement in a way that makes it hard to take because it's still a statement and I think it's it's just easier to kind of digest because you kind of get that everything in this film is simplified like to a point of being you know just a parody of itself you know and I, I get that you know they remake the film and they can't do the film thing in the original Hairspray where there's a, where there's a class of special needs children <laughs> that they just put Tracy to where everybody's just stupid or black and like I kind of get that this is maybe too much for a 2007 family film that was okay in 88. But, you know, but then when you don't do it and you just put her into a class full of black people, then it's also like a... And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you dance just like us. I'm like... Okay. Does she? <laughs> yeah, there's like this whole thing of like where she comes in and they're dancing all the time in the class, obviously. <laughs> She's like even talking about this. <laughs> yeah, so it's like a class of black people, and the class of the black kids just dances all the time. Yeah, I can't. And yeah, and Tracy starts dancing, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, for a white girl, you're dancing great." And then they show her the moves, and they kind of invite her in to be one of them. <laughs> you're black in man. Terms of dancing, I haven't seen it in years. I used to love watching it. I feel like, I feel like it was one of the first. It was like a part of a resurgence of like musical movies being made. Um, or musicals in general I guess being like kind of popularized again um, and as someone who yeah. was into musicals that was like exciting and having a musical I, we've talked about this with like um, I feel like we've talked about this with Sweeney Todd and Rocky Horror it's that thing of having a musical that you can watch excuse yeah. me is very exciting um, the same thing as like Hamilton and the fact that Hamilton was released on like a wide scale yeah. it's an access that like I didn't have when I was younger um, which is just like really nice to yeah. see so like Hairspray was one of those like oh this is a thing that I can access now um, yeah. but yeah definitely I haven't it's been a while since I've watched it because like as I said it I used yeah. to watch it pretty often but I can imagine watching it now versus the last time I watched it there would be a lot of things that I'd be like oh <laughs> yikes yeah 
Um, yeah, which I I don't really get with the original hairspray, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think it's like the original hairspray is so blatantly satirical that there's a degree to which you're yeah, like, well, yeah. this is like, this is what it is. This is what I'd expect. Whereas with the musical hairspray, that's like a blockbuster. It's very different. Yeah, exactly. Also, it's got a very high school musical feel to it. Yeah, Zac Efron is in it. That's part of it. But also, like, I think it's kind of going on that same wave of, of those films. So it looks like that film is very clean. It's very, like, its aesthetic is very bright, but not colorful. Mm-hmm. Very bland to me. Kind of looking... Like, the choreography is nice. Uh, I think the songs are really forgettable. But maybe that's just me. That's a very mm-hmm. taste-based that's thing, just, I guess. Yeah. But I think I thought the music was very underwhelming. But in terms of how it looks like, it really, like, you know... It's not like Hairspray looks amazing, but it's got an aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> and this really doesn't... It just feels like a high school musical kind of bland. Even, like, made-for-TV things sometimes for me. You yeah, know? I mean, I feel like... Because um, they remade it, and I've never... I don't think I've ever watched it... But um, they remade because Amanda Bynes, I think, is really good in it. Um, I really like Amanda Bynes, mm-hmm. and it was kind of just before her breakdown. Um, I think Easy A was the last thing she did before her breakdown and before she like retired from acting. But I feel like this mm-hmm. like hairspray was quite close um to that as well. Mm-hmm. But um, they re they did the like Fox thing, like the same with they did Grease and with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, they did they like recorded it live and put it on tv i don't know how to describe it um and like ariana grande was in it um that's all i remember because she's the only okay. one of importance right. to me okay yeah um all right. that's fine but i think i feel like i've seen like clips of that or like screenshots of that and the like production value looks the same as the movie <laughs> oh yeah you know okay. so like i think there's definitely considering how much budget they would have had for the movie it's kind of wild how much it looks like a sound stage, and I feel like there's a degree of like you could be like I guess maybe yeah. you're doing this as like a production a production oh my god a production choice but at the same time there's something to be said for like trying to do it at a much more grander scale like what they did with Les Mis like the, what they did with the Les Mis movie I think I'm one of the few people who really likes please, it um, no. <laughs> but <laughs> please whatever you do don't do that um, but no but like you know they the versus the stage production of Les Mis which is like like all stage productions it's restricted to a stage <laughs> whereas with um the movie they're able to do so much they're able to like increase the geography massively and like use actual locations yeah. which is like it's like if you have the budget and you're doing this why not do it that way like don't try and remake a musical yeah. as a stage musical because like that's why it's a stage musical like make it a movie like adapt it to a movie and i feel yeah. like that's kind of usually the hang-ups i have with music movie musicals is if they don't just make it a movie it's like just just adapt it yeah. adapt it and make it an actual movie please yeah especially if it was a movie before which hairspray was you know it's kind of i don't know it's just weird to watch it knowing that it's a film mm. it is i think because it's like it, it's i don't know it loses a lot of that charm um <clears throat> And I'm Javier. Do not forget my Do name. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me. Do not forget me. Two, four, six, I feel so one. bad for Russell. I really, so again, feel, only person in the so world who Russell. has this opinion. I really liked his singing voice. <laughs> I like enjoyed it. I thought it was, I liked it. 
he he doesn't hit he doesn't even hit the notes. I know it's so it's, he's barely singing, but I like it. I don't know why. It's so embarrassing. Listen. Like I watch it. I watch like it's. I I'm, I'm nearly hundred percent sure it's not his fault. But like mm-hmm. I watch it, I'm just like Jesus fucking Christ! I can't believe. This. I mean, he's no he's no Hugh can't Jackman. Be- I can't believe they let him. My favorite thing about Hugh Jackman is the fact Hugh that Jackman is also pretty bad. Hugh Jackman's good. Hugh, the thing about Hugh Jackman is that at, like he is at heart a musical theater person. And he just somehow became Wolverine, and now this is what he has to do. But he's like, oh yeah, he's bad at this his, film. I'm not saying that Hugh Jackman's generally bad. He's just bad. His at thing film. is musicals, and it's just really. I find it so funny that like the trajectory of his career has made him Wolverine. There's nobody else who could have been Wolverine. He's such a perfect. Wolverine. I've never seen X. God damn it! But I'm uh, sure he's great. Well, he's very good in all of them. He's amazing in all of them, and obviously in Logan, like. God, what a way to say goodbye to this. Logan is great. Logan is a great film. You know what? I, I really liked Logan when I saw it in cinemas. I don't know why we're talking about it, but we're going to talk about <laughs> it. saw Logan in cinemas. I thought that was fun. I, I didn't really appreciate it. When I really appreciate it is, appreciated it is when I started seeing all the other like R-rated comic book films that they were trying to make. And I started thinking, God damn it, I miss Logan. Logan was... <laughs> great actually you know what logan was the best like they did such a great job logan then we saw deadpool and then we saw joker and all this shit and i was like you know what logan was great bring back logan that was a fun time so anyways that was the john travolta history logan yeah that was (laughs) (laughs) that was our diversion this all all came from the blowjob yeah this Um, all came from freaking john travolta taking up our eyes while the blowjob is happening uh, there's also a quick scene where Tommy agrees to take Carrie to prom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a quick one. It's just they're sitting with Sue and watching TV. Very normal kind of situation. He just says, I'm going to do it. And they, do it. And that's, so that's that. Um, yeah. Right. And then Tommy um, Tommy and Sue. Then, and then Carrie obviously tells the gym teacher that that's happening. And then Tommy and Sue are, have to then talk to the gym teacher. Like the gym teacher's brought them to her office. And she's like, thinks that they're doing it to like as like a prank kind of thing um on carrie wow you skipped a lot of stuff there yeah so okay we got the blowjob uh the blowjob's over we cut to carrie and now tommy asks carrie to prom while she's holding the books right oh yeah in the library in in the library yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. he comes over to her and he's like yeah tries to chat her up and be normal and she lies to him that she's reading about suing which is what women should do, I guess she believes. <laughs> so she tells him she reads about sewing, which sewing? is a nice little touch. Uh, sewing, sewing, sewing. Well, sewing, yeah. Okay, well, sewing. no, I mean it does read sewing, like yeah. sewing. I mean sewing. Okay. But sewing would be that you're bringing them to court. Oh no, I mean yeah. sewing. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Um. Yeah. So sewing. Yeah. She reads about sewing, which is what women do. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah and basically yeah he asks her to prom and she runs away freaked the fuck out which is the good reaction that she should have and that's a good good way to approach that because what the fuck dude yeah. that's very out of nowhere when i um, um when i was supposed to have my first kiss so this is how most um first kisses happen for um young irish girls is that you um and probably young Irish boys as well, is that someone is like, will you kiss my friend? Except they say meet or shift or something. So they're like, will you meet my mate? And you're like, okay. And then you're like, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, we'll do that later. Um, So I was in Irish college and we were at, okay. I was in Irish college and we were at a, the like last disco or whatever, the last Kaylee. 
and I was supposed to kiss this guy. I think his name was Joe. I have no idea. I just wanted to get it over with. And someone was like, will you meet him? And I was like, yeah, sure. Because um, I had not kissed anyone. And um, okay. Gotcha. And then, and then I was like, wait, I don't want to. I don't want to kiss him actually. <laughs> and so every time I would see him, he just kept looking at me and watching me and like walking towards me. And every time I saw him, I would just run away. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, no. It was just like skip to the other side of the disco. It's very stressful. Oh, wow. So I feel like it's quite a real reaction. I also did a um once when I just didn't want to kiss someone, but I thought I was it was going to happen and the funny thing is that I like did want to kiss them but then I was like oh I don't know actually that seems a bit stressful maybe I won't do that um so I started to just okay. avoid him at a party in college like I went into the night being like I'm gonna kiss him tonight and then I was like wait I think he wants to kiss me and then I got that, that concept stressed me out a bit too much oh yeah and that was that was an instant turn yeah. off yeah I was I like no I gotta yeah. skedaddle and I just talked to my mm. friends who were on ecstasy instead how old were you? Sorry. <laughs> um, are we, where are we no, now? This was in college. This was in college. Oh, okay. So that was still a thing happening in college? That no, you no were one like, had asked. Oh, I'm going to kiss No, no, no guy? one had asked me if I was going to. It was just like, I fancied this guy. And I was like, oh, I hope I'm going to like, I was oh. like, oh, I'll get with him tonight. And then I was like, oh, and then gotcha. I started to get a bit stressed because he was my friend. And I was like, oh, actually, maybe that's a bit too stressful. Maybe I won't do that. Because um, we were like, there was a whole thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm sure there I was. was. Like, yeah, I'm going to kiss him tonight. It's going to be great. And then I kept seeing him and I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm, I don't want to. I'm a bit stressed. This is going to make things weird. And he kept following me and I was like, no, I got I to gotta talk to someone. I got to run away. I got to sequester myself. That's stressful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really complicated. But I remember I was, uh, I remember a party when I was like 16 or something. And there was a girl I was talking to and she was nice. And she was like, um... Let's do a bet. Let's do a bet that we're not going to make out tonight. I'm going to say we're not making out. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then we didn't make out. And I was like, what? Why should I? That was such a stupid bet. <laughs> like what? But what are you supposed to do? Not bet? I don't That's know. It's upsetting. Didn't figure it out. I still think about it sometimes. <laughs> she, was, she was nice. She was a cool girl. It's so sad. So wait, so that was not your first. That was that your first kiss story. That was not your first. Kiss no, no, story. it wasn't. That was just my. The second was just a story oh. of me being like, you know, I'm still gonna run away from this sometimes. Oh okay, yeah. okay, uh. gotcha. So okay, so you just lied to me. That was not your first kiss story. No, that was what I was expecting. No, my it was my first. The one at the the disco was me in in the in Irish college was me going to have my first kiss, wanting to get it over with. As many people do in Irish okay. college, because there's so many boys. I had so, mm. much, so little access to boys. I think most of my friends probably had their first kiss in Irish college. No, they didn't. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you guys have yeah. to fucking... I think Julia had her first kiss boys, at Irish yeah. college. I think I remember being a part of it. Um, his, He was like a farmer or something. <laughs> um, I think that was... I think it was... I think so. But anyway, no... Um. But no, I just got too stressed out by the fact because I also didn't know this boy. Like the guy that Juliet kissed mm. was like someone who she had like been friends with, and yeah. like you know, like it was a thing. We were like, oh yeah, it's probably gonna happen. At least I think it was. Again, my, my memory's distorted. Whereas for me, it was just like, oh yeah, I'll get away, I'll get this over with, and then I was too stressed. So that was my nearly first kiss story. That's crazy to me that yeah, but that I guess that's what happens when you segregate schools. Mm. But um. I, I wasn't even in high school when I got my first kiss. Like, that was even before high school. Like, I was... Yeah, junior high school is what it was called in Poland. But I was, like, I don't know, 14, maybe, when I had my first kiss. Maybe. Yeah, I feel Somewhere like... That. Yeah. 
I was like, I feel like I was like 16 or 17. I was like older. But that was like yeah. the trajectory of Catholic school. It's like you either you either yeah. had a boyfriend or, and I feel like I had that thing where I was like, I don't want to like just, I don't want to just kiss someone and it be nothing. But then eventually I was like, I guess I'll just kiss something and it be nothing. It's fine. Oh, <laughs> I kissed my, kiss my girlfriend. That was my girlfriend at the time. That's who I kissed. So I didn't have that. So, guess it meant something. Yeah, I mean, and then we broke up over the internet. It was oh great. No. I feel like that's the thing of like back then. I was like, oh, I wanted to mean something, and like retrospectively, like what was what was it gonna mean? What was it gonna mean anyway? Well, yeah, but I did, I think it's a nice I mean, kind yeah. of thing you have like when you're younger. It's like, oh, I want it to be like nice. And I'm happy that most of the things that I had like that were nice, you know, and they were kind of that's good. You know, not just random people I, I met somewhere and shifted or fucked or fingered up the bum. Whatever, fingered up the bum. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that, that's something maybe that I need my first experience in still. Mm. But you know, we'll see. Not one day. <laughs> one day. Still um. Still so anyway, we watched the movie Carrie. Um. And that's good. That was a topical conversation, yeah. kind of. Uh, yeah, so Kyrie runs away. That's basically it, right? And then we have the whole thing about her telling um, the PE teacher about that, right? She's freaked out, sitting on the stairs. PE teacher comes over, and she's like, what happened? And they have this conversation about, um, yeah, about, like, what happened? Like, Tommy asked her out to prom. Do you want to do it? Is that nice? Is that not nice? Stuff like that. She tells her that she looks beautiful. Or that she is beautiful. And that, you know, she can kind of bring that out into her and stuff like that. She's, she's being encouraging to carry to kind of try and do stuff like that. And, yeah, kind of engage in that part of her life. Yeah, that, that scene of the mirror is kind of nice, I think, where she kind of brings her over. Yeah, it's sweet. Uh, it's kind of sweet. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so then next is it that Tommy goes to ask Carrie again, like, at her house. No, and then we got the scene where where the PE teacher oh, talks okay. to to see their intentions uh, or whatever. Sue and Tom, yeah, yeah, so she, to kind of confront. Yeah, them, she yeah. basically just thinks that they're doing it like as some kind of a dare, or like to to make show over. Yeah. Um. Excuse me, and Tommy, and they they basically are convinced her that they're like no. Also, Tommy's just kind of laughing the whole time, in some degree. Yeah, that Tommy that scene is like amazing. He's just yeah, like that kind of dude who's just there for and he doesn't know why and he like that even like he maybe he knows why, but he doesn't understand why it's so important to everybody. Like he just sits there and he's just like I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Just like stop talking to me. He's like such a dude. He's just like of just like chill out, bro. Does not understand the the gravity of the situation. Does not know that Ka- that Carrie has telepathic powers and is gonna hundred percent murder him as soon as she <laughs> gets the opportunity. But I think he's not yes. being a dick. This is the thing that's unclear. I think he is just being like, yeah. No, but he's not. He's mm-hmm. not. No, he's not being a dick. He's not bad. He's he's not like the bad guy here. He just kind of he just doesn't care. And like I think he's just like he doesn't even understand. Mm-hmm. Like for him, he's nice. I I think he's just a nice dude and he's good to everybody. He doesn't seem to exude any sort of like you know, um, bad feelings. He doesn't, he's not the John Travolta kind of energy of just full on aggression and, and sexual tension. He's more like, 
just normal, you know, talk to you, be nice to you, you know, whatever, treat you with respect, you treat me nice, I treat you nice kind of dude. But he does not understand. Also, He doesn't understand the gravity understand. of the situation or really much of anything. Yeah, he just does yeah, he's stupid, <laughs> kind of, a little bit. Because he's a boy. Yeah, stupid boy. He's a stupid high school boy. Man. He doesn't understand. Penis brain. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so that happens, and then Tommy goes to Carrie's house to basically like come to the problem with me and eventually she's like okay because like her mom is inside resting or whatever and she like obviously knows she'll get in trouble so she's like okay yes I'll go and then she like leaves and he's like I'll pick you up at eight and meanwhile Billy and Chris and some other people go to a pig farm I guess and Billy just like brutally kills a pig yeah it's like a yeah I don't know if it's a slaughterhouse or whatever but yeah he basically has a sledgehammer or something yeah. and he murders a pig um yeah which is uh, oh, nice great. and then um, and then carrie tells her mom about the prom and then her mom like throws coffee or wine on her or something yeah right in her face it's yeah, terrible um and she's like go to your closet and pray ask pray and no <laughs> go to your closet and pray ask to be forgiven and she's like after the blood comes the boys yeah, she also says that pimples are the Lord's way of chastising Which him. I think is true, to be fair. Which is probably yeah. true. That's why I look like the way I look. <laughs> the, the, God hates me. The one nice thing about really um, Zoom is that, like, like as in, like, just in general, having all your communications via, like, video chat, is that, like, I feel like your skin could kind of look one way or another, you know? Yeah. I can't tell what state your skin's in. You can't probably, can't, hopefully can't tell... My skin's actually kind of okay right now. But, like, if it was super bad, yeah, I feel like good. you wouldn't be able to tell, you know? I feel like yeah. anything that would be amplified in person just is not as bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe that's the way they make those cameras now. But, yeah, it definitely doesn't pick up on the pimples mm-hmm. and all that stuff that much. Yeah, so I feel pretty comfortable. It's pretty yeah, nice. Talking. Also, like... I mean, I'm used to that, you know? I just... I don't even think about it I know anymore. some people buy, like, have bought webcams or whatever to, like, make their working from home, like set up like a bit better and like have their camera be a bit clearer and i'm like i don't i like the vagueness that i can have with a blurry camera yeah <laughs> it's kind of true well your, yours is not blurry I mean, yeah it's I mean, not too bad fine. but you know yeah i don't need people seeing things in too much detail i'm good i, I agree with that yeah um yeah so basically um True. Yeah, they have a, yeah they have like an argument kind of thing, but by the end, Kyrie starts to kind of stand up for herself and say say that you know she's gonna go to that prom thing. Um, and she like, sh- and then she shuts the door when her mom like walks towards the door to leave, and then she like shuts it, um or like the that's like yeah a, she wants to start closing yeah. windows because there's a storm and yeah then Kyrie just one time just like shuts all the windows in the house, and yeah mom starts to she's be like, like that's Satan's power. Sick. That's Satan's power, yeah. So she thinks that Carrie is, uh, yeah, possessed by Satan, I guess, or I don't know. Satan's telling her what to do or giving her power or whatever she thinks is going on. Whatever crazy stuff he does. Obviously, it's not Satan. Uh, it's just the female power, you know. It's the power of the pussy. In a lot of ways, this film, yeah, this film is one of like I it's not one of the first. No, there's a lot of other ones, but like it's like maybe the ultimate. Or, like, one of the ultimates, like, you know, um, uh, female sexual power is, you know, 
so strong that it gives you like powers outside or like it changes the reality around you you know it's one of those horror films they made so many of those and this is like maybe the like most representative one of like carrie gets her period and suddenly that whole thing kind of like that energy just gets born out of that yeah i feel like there is like a it makes sense i think there is a degree of like and i guess it's it's sort of this sort of literalizes it i don't know if that's the word it makes it more literal than maybe it yeah. actually is i feel like there is a an extent to which you have sex and then your confidence changes in a way um i don't think it necessarily goes along with your period i think your period almost makes you more insecure but yeah. um it, it is it's i get what it's trying to do it's trying to translate the the trajectory of female um development and whatever yeah, but it's also like this thing of female sexuality always being Perfect. so villainized mm, over the true. years. And, you know, I guess that's where the horror films take that power from or like think that power comes from. And it's like, you know, I the first mm. thing I can think of that does that is Cat People. And that's a 1940s film. And, you know, it's kind of interesting <gasps> to kind of see stuff like that. Right? Yeah, there's a pool scene, a very famous yeah. pool scene in Cat People. Yeah, with like only shadows and stuff like that. Um. But all, that film was also about female sexuality. And it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, people thought that way even back then. Or, you know, you can see, like, glimpses of it, I guess, in tales and things like that. I feel like, like one that. thing about horror that I think people would probably, like, at a glance would disagree with. But, like, when you look really deep into the horror genre, I feel like it's one of the more, like, feminist modes of film. In the sense that, like, you can find a lot of examples of, like, female power. Like, female power, like, in a sexual way. of like, But, like, as in being like woman's sexuality is both good and like powerful um and i just feel like there's it's a it's one of those genres that you can see a lot more of like women being given power and autonomy and like general um agency that they don't get in other genres and like it's tracing back like long as opposed to like films now being like oh yeah we're gonna make this like girl power movie which is also just like i feel like a bit uh, um, but like you know feminist movies now versus like trying to go further back you're not going to find as many whereas with horror I feel like it's always been there not all the, like not in every single mm-hmm. film but I think it's more traceable because I think it's as much as I feel like people would maybe try and like reject the concept I think it's one of the more intellectual genres because it's got a lot more going on than yeah. others well you know that's all interesting because yeah i agree with most of what you're saying but also horror gets the most shit for being exploited well exactly that's the thing it's like there's two extremes but which is also a little bit oh yeah it is for sure but i think i think sometimes like very often i think horror is both things it's at the same time very much forward thinking and a lot more you know focused on both like intellectual things and you know empowering women and in a lot of ways being a lot you know more open to women being both strong and interesting mm-hmm. uh and at the same time uh taking a lot of power and objectifying them and terrorizing them and and, and having fun mm-hmm. with this you know and a lot of films do it at the same time yeah i, th- um, I think the thing is is that what i find with like a lot of more maybe i don't know if mainstream is really the word but like other films in general it's it, there's a there's a degree of like taking away a woman's sexuality or like um taking away that element from a film in order to be like oh look she's so powerful because she doesn't do this or she doesn't do that or like she doesn't like putting on lipstick so like she's like really powerful uh, and it's like no but the whole yeah. like something that i think 
Hara does better is it being like, you know, a woman can be sexual and still be powerful. Like she doesn't need to she doesn't need to be this like different type of woman, whatever that means, in order to be powerful, yeah. which I think other films will try and like give a woman power and agency by like just trying to take away anything that might make her feminine, you know? It's like it's more yeah. powerful if you're not so feminine and it's like that's not true. Beach. Yeah, and Carrie's a lot in a lot of ways about that it's like all the dangers and all the stuff that that goes wrong is all about suppression it's all about carrie being told things and not being allowed to to thrive or like kind of evolve in her own way it's all about her environment taking advantage of how different she is or like trying to put a lid on all the things that's going on with her mm-hmm. so you know because her mom is suppressing the sexuality and her high school is suppressing you know her like normal kind of development cycle of being a a, a human because they keep making fun of her because she's different yeah. and yeah like that kind of combination is what creates this monstrous thing in the end i also think that there's the the kind of thing of i think the commentary on when and i mean i don't know at all what the american education system was like back then or even now but um i think there's a degree to like they the school shirks complete responsibility and being like oh you know well her mom didn't tell her about it so and it's like you know that it's i think that's something that all schools should do is like they should be setting kids up for success regardless of what their situation is at home which also means just like educating them about themselves and like there's no doubt that chill like that specifically women but everybody like um should be taught about their own puberty and like yeah what's going to happen to them like that's something that they should naturally be taught about regardless of whether or not it's something that their parents are going to be comfortable talking about or do at all so there's also something there yeah i'm also not sure what the education system was like back then in america but i would imagine that that was not even a conversation that was yeah well i mean if it's anything like what my education was in ireland um like 10 years ago um is bad yeah. so yeah you know. Exactly. you know i'm not even gonna say how it was for me because it's not even a comparison you know? <laughs> uh all right okay so then we got a little scene where john and chris are setting up the pig's blood mm-hmm. So we kind of start to get an idea of what's going to happen. So they're setting up the pig's blood above the big scene, like the big stage at uh, at the prom. Uh, yeah, and they got like a little line going through it. Um, uh, basically, there's also a thing where they rig the election. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an American thing. Oh, God, it's such an American thing that there's like a king and queen of the prom and like people vote for who's the queen king i thought you were saying the american thing was the rigged Shit. election <laughs> also a f- american thing but now that's a corruption that happens it's happening all over the world corruption everywhere um yeah so anyways but uh, yeah there's a guy who kind of uh rigs like kind of gets on to the place or starts doing it and they they get people on the inside and whatever that's kind of their their idea of how to go do it um oh yeah and then carrie goes shopping Mm. Um, for some prom stuff which is like the most like lighthearted scene in the whole film I guess where she goes and starts to buy some shit um, she's like trying on lipstick and then like the boys are shopping for tuxedos yeah. Um, yeah that boy shopping for tuxedos scene is I guess the most like chilled mm-hmm. out scene in this film uh, also the weirdest use of fast forward ever Yo, why did that happen uh, 
Yeah, I, I think he, Brian was just really bored and didn't know what to do with that little part or whatever. The editor was just like, I don't know what to do. Just, just fast up, yeah. forward past it. Yeah, we we used some slow motion in other parts of the film. I guess we need to fast forward. Just <laughs> it's kind of like Brian De Palma was like, oh, just like just speed past that. Um, and they're like, speed past it? Okay. And they sped it up instead of like, just like editing the scene to be shorter. They're like, oh, you want it to be sped yeah. up? Right. Okay. Yeah, done. And for some reason, I guess it didn't work in the edit. I don't know. It's just like a two-second mm-hmm. bit. It doesn't take a long time. But it is weird. And their dialogue is kind of funny. They keep talking about the tuxedos, what they're going to yeah, wear. It's, yeah, I feel like in a way it's kind of an inversion of like what you'd expect. Like You're usually like, oh, that's what the girls do and the men don't care. Yeah. But, um, uh, I think it's yeah. kind of funny. It's, it's kind of like a little break in this film. It's, break, this film it's pretty a intense. momentary it's break, I nice. guess. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't no. last long because then Carrie goes back home and then... Her mother's horrible to her. Talks to her mom again, and her mom is is being terrible. And now my my notes are getting a lot more scarce because I'm really getting into the film because we're the problem is getting there. So yeah, uh, so what happens? Stop writing because I was really really engaged in what the film was doing. <laughs> so yeah, what happens next is that Carrie um Carrie's basically going to the prom now. Um, she's getting ready. She's like got a really nice dress. She's like done her hair really nice. She's done her makeup, and her mom is not happy about it. And she's like, they can see your titties. You take that dress off, we'll burn it together and we'll pray for forgiveness. And Carrie's like, fuck you, mom. Yeah. And she uses telekinesis to like shove her on the bed. Um, So that's that. And then Tommy yeah, collects her times. and um, they head off. And then the gym, she... The mom is starting to be... Mom is starting to be a bit different, I guess. In She's this becoming more submissive. Point because... Yeah, because she knows she doesn't have the power mm-hmm. over over Carrie anymore. So she's trying to get more... uh, Like, get more of it by like making her feel uncomfortable or like making her feel self-conscious about herself and she starts saying everybody's gonna laugh at you they're all gonna make fun of you let's just pretend it didn't happen we'll tell them you're mm-hmm. sick you know she's kind of becoming the, that high school thing of like i don't want to go somewhere i'm going to pretend i'm sick she's starting to give that idea yeah. it's interesting kind of how that dynamic yeah, she like scratches herself on the face and... to try and be like you know yeah. oh, you're making me hurt myself you should just not go to the prom yeah um yeah pretty uh... intense manipulative in, in, a, in a new way in a different yeah. way you know than what she was doing before um yeah okay okay but but yeah but 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 she decides to go so so carrie decides to go um and they go to the prom yeah, they go to the prom everyone's um, dancing and so it's um, the prom. yeah that's what we were waiting for is the prom um yeah so they're at the prom um the gym teacher like chats to carrie they have a nice little chat they're all nice to each other and then um Oh wow, there's a lot of stuff that happens before. They what have happens? a little scene in the car for she's afraid to she's afraid to come into the oh true the prom yes. thing, and Tommy kind of waits with her. Like that whole prom thing is kind of Tommy and Carrie kind of getting to know each other and, and liking mm-hmm. each other. And it seems that Tommy actually really likes her. He seems to be like kind of comfortable around her and doesn't. I don't think he thinks she's weird or anything. She's just because she is very normal, honestly, and like her reactions and like the way she behaves is very understandable and like really nothing weird about it and also it really the way she looks really changes because yeah before when they they kind of shout creepy carry at her she does kind of look a yeah. little creepy but she looks nothing like that on the prom she looks amazing she's so beautiful on the she prom. Is, yeah. like it's like because like before her hair is like um, dead straight she kind of hunches like in general she's just i guess insecure and also just like sort of cautious of the world around her because of her mom yeah Exactly. And now she's kind of in that environment. She's nervous, but like everybody seems to kind of get it. You know, they kind of laugh at her a little at the beginning when she's coming to the prom and kind of walking for the crowd. But 
she's got a friend you know she's got tommy and then tommy's got his friend and his girlfriend she's kind of his girlfriend is kind of leading her Mm -hmm. through it and she's very normal to her as well and it seems to be kind of normal and now the film has started it's it's like like that's the trick that's like the that's the most amazing thing this film i think pulls off is you know it's gonna go to shit like there's no other way this puns out you know it's gonna be terrible but now as the prom thing starts, the film's starting to give you the idea that, oh, people are being nice to her. It's starting to get normal. It's starting to be more normal. And you start to be mm-hmm. feel good about it. Even though you, you idiot. know that there's this other thing going to happen. It's going to ruin everything. It's going to go terribly. But at this point in time, for the next like, 10, 15 minutes, you're going to feel good about Carrie and everything. And at the back of the head, you're going to be thinking about what's going to happen later. And that kind of relationship between those two things is going to drive you. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the terrible thing of, oh my god, I'm feeling so happy for her. It's so good. But it's going to yeah. go to shit. And you're just waiting for it to go shit. You're enjoying what's going on. It's such a relief after this film was so terrible to carry all the time. And it's nice to see people being nice to her and kind of her enjoying herself and looking good and kind of having a good yeah. time. It's, it's um, uh, but then, refreshing. But then yeah, it can't last. It so is. yeah, like the so yeah, the gym teacher chats to Carrie, and uh, that's all fine. Carrie and Tommy go and dance. Then I just commented that Tommy acts so strangely in general. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's just kind he's of just a, a weird guy. He laughs at everything, as he said. But that, that one shot that just kind of goes around them as they're dancing is amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's so. like a sweet scene. It's it's really captures the. I don't know the motion of, of dancing with somebody. I guess it really kind of puts you there. I think it was kind of the idea to kind of make like you feel there. very much yeah. in that place. Yeah, um, it works. Um, let's then, see. Okay. The next comment I have is that Nora wears her cap to the prom, which is just weird. Or Norma, she's just yeah. wearing her rainbow cap. <laughs> um, but that was just an observation. That's her character. <laughs> what can do about that? I also recognize the um, woman. Like I looked at her I when ha- she's like grown up, or whatever, um, and I recognize her, but I couldn't tell from what. Wow. It's really upsetting me. I'm gonna have to like analyze her filmography and be like, when do I know this woman? Um, maybe I saw her in a documentary. Like there's like a little. I don't know. I, I really have no idea. It's upsetting. Um, but yeah, so that happens. There's a little scene. There's a little scene where uh, we go back to the mom. <laughs> And mom is chopping a carrot in like the craziest way you could chop a carrot ever. She just has a carrot laying on the cutting board. She just smacks the knife at it without even touching the Why? carrot. And the camera zooms in on it. That was uh, that was that was funny to me. I laughed at that. <laughs> that yeah, it was funny. just like, why is this happening? There's, I feel like there's a lot of that where it's just well, like, she's yeah, well, like, she's clearly upset. But it's that thing. I was like, did we need to see this? We know she's upset. It's fine, Brian. Well. Come on. I mean, I mean, you need it at this point in time because you need to cut back to mom to kind of know what's going on there to kind of get that tension yeah. going. You know, it's all it's all Hitchcock, right? <laughs> it's all everything about it is Hitchcock, and we're getting to the Hitchcock shot in a second, right? But um, but yeah, I guess it's just uh, you, I always get what De Palma is doing because his way of thinking, I think, uh, he, the way he thinks about the film is very logical yeah. to me. It's like every scene has a purpose, and that scene of the carrot's purpose is obviously to show that mom's upset to kind of have that juxtaposition be- between what's going on in prom and mom is freaking out at home whatever it's going to come back later um but yeah but he's so logical that sometimes it just comes off silly because i don't think you know his way of thinking is very to the point and sometimes it's kind of it's kind of funny how to the point <laughs> he is 
there's not a lot of that in this film. There's a few things like that, but that's that's the only one where I actually laughed at a little bit. That's true. Uh, yeah. Okay. So she cuts the carrot, and uh, yeah, I think that's all I have before we get to the uh, figure eight shot. F- figure eight shot, right? So that's the point where you kind of see that the votes are being collected and rigged, right? So the sequence of that is you start going and then you see Nancy in her cap, her cap, and she takes the <laughs> Norma. Norma, sorry, Nancy, whatever, whatever the kids' names are. See Norma in her hat. She goes and collects the votes. First, they have yeah, Tommy and, and and Carrie have a little conversation about, oh, are we gonna vote for ourselves? Ha ha ha! That's not cool. Also, they have a kiss while they're dancing. I guess that's important. Uh, whatever. Yes. Um, but anyways, they, and then they vote for themselves as as king, queen, and and as prom uh, king and, and and prom queen, and then yeah, and then you have this crazy one shot that uh, took one day to film, like a full day. They just filmed this, which is just what? yeah, her going with the votes, dropping some of them off just to get rid of the ones that are not for Tommy and Carrie, putting them off to the uh, to the teachers, walking off, and then the camera. So it's all like in an eight, right? So basically mm-hmm. it starts at a place, it goes to the stage, then you see uh, John, Travolta, and Chris underneath it, and then there's a line, right? And then that line goes, and then the camera follows the line up to the bucket, and you see the bucket at top, and then from the bucket, the camera pans so you can see Tommy and Carrie, and it zooms in on them. It's, I don't know, like a minute maybe? I don't know. It's a pretty long shot. It's not like crazy long, but it's, it's pretty long. Um, and that is amazing. Like, I mean, that's why the whole thing with the prompt works is because that shot is there. It's like... Yeah, the shot's good. It's amazing. It looks great. It's, it didn't age a bit. And yeah, I guess that, that's the Hitchcock thing, right? It's like the classic. I mean, you can't get more Hitchcock than, you know, that because Hitchcock was always like, yeah... Um, there's a bomb under under the table, right? There's this whole thing about bomb under under the table. There's two characters by the table. You can either not tell the audience there's a bomb and then just blow everybody up, and then you have like a quick reaction, or you can tell the audience there's a bomb under the table and the characters don't know, and then the audience is like waiting for the bomb to go off, yes. and they're getting going crazy. Yeah, that's basically what's going on with the bucket. You just know that the bucket is there, and you just wait for that bucket to fucking ruin everything. And now the Baba is just gonna wait, like it's gonna he's gonna make you wait for that bucket to fall down for so long. It makes you wait for so long. He makes you wait for so long. Because he knows that once it falls down, you know, that's that's Shit's that's kinda his happen. thing. Yeah. That's why this film um, is so beloved and that's why it works so well, because everybody remembers they don't even remember the bucket like everybody knows that kind of image of Carrie covered in blood and everything. But it's the waiting. That gets yeah. everybody. The people it's actually tense. react to the waiting. That's what it's works. So yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's very unpleasant as well <laughs> to me to <laughs> wait for that blood because you know there's no world in so. which that blood doesn't go on her, and that's really sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so basically, the vote is wi- wigged. <laughs> the vote is wigged. Vote is wigged. Uh, Cowie and Tommy win. Uh, very nice. Um, no, <laughs> the vote is rigged, and Carrie and Tommy win. And Carrie's like delighted, like she's completely elated that they won. Yeah. And um, they go up to the stage or whatever, and then like it's like this really slow sequence where like Sue sees what's gonna happen. She like notices the the bucket. She notices John Travolta and Chris. She notices all that 
stuff and the fact that it's over mm-hmm. them and she like tries to go and stop it but then the gym teacher sees sue and thinks that sue because sue's not supposed to be there so she's basically yeah. hiding to try and watch it surreptitiously um but she's not like she's not watching the, the horrible thing she's just kind of there to witness the prom because she's because for some reason if you don't have a date you can't go to the prom which seems cruel yeah. um but so she's given up her ticket to the prom essentially so that carrie could go um but yeah, so she tries to stop it, but the gym teacher sees her and basically thinks that um, that Sue is trying to do something untoward. Yeah. And so she c- catches her and she like brings her to the door. And like while that happens, um, the blood then like John and Chris pull the rope and the blood gets poured all over Carrie. Um, and again, like super slow sequence of events. Everyone's like, and then the bucket falls on Tommy and it like knocks him unconscious somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, heavy bucket. Yeah, because Tommy um, is visibly upset about what happened. He's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? It, that's the first time in the film where you see Tommy agitated. And that's where he kind of starts being like, what? But he doesn't get a lot of that because yeah, the bucket hits him on yeah, the head. Yeah, he falls he, down. Then he gets it on the head. Um, yeah, and then it's basically, we're kind of in Carrie's head now. Because um, it's sort of just silence. And we sort of just hear like the dripping um, for quite a while. Um, as everything else is sort of happening silently. like Such as Tommy saying, what the hell? Um, and then suddenly in, we're in Carrie's head and it's just like, they're all going to laugh at you. It's just her mum repeatedly saying, they're all going to laugh as you will, at you. Well, like laughter echoes in the room and in her head. Yeah. Yeah, um, and everybody looks to be laughing. Yeah. Um, Even the probably, gym teacher, which yeah, probably, probably not happening. Probably not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Carrie then like with her little brain shuts all the doors and basically makes shit happen so she shuts the doors she makes the overhead lights explode she makes the higher the fire hoses start to spray everyone and everyone's just like trying to escape because they're like what the fuck's happening yeah and all of that is in split screen which is uh very much a De Palma thing that he started doing along I think somewhere around sister's time but that's probably the best split screen he's ever done it's like crazy it's like um it's just amplifies the chaos, but there's also like a, like a lot of the times you just kind of see Carrie on one side and then stuff she's doing on the other side, so you can kind yeah. of trace her her sight, her. yeah, with what's going on. But there's also a little sequence where the split screen comes from one side to the other. It's kind of cool. I really like that. It's good. It's a it's a exciting scene. Um, yeah, it's a lot. And yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot happening all at once. So yeah, everyone tries to escape and then the stage like goes up in flame and flames and Carrie starts to walk off of it. And then she just basically like leaves. Like she's kind of in a trance at this stage. She leaves the auditorium um, and the auditorium is in flames. She leaves it behind her. Yeah, she bas- um, every, basically every, everything's on fire and she just kind of leaves everybody there. Yeah. Um, and then we see Chris and Billy. Billy is John Travolta. They um, try to run Carrie over, but then she like makes them swerve and the car bursts into flames um she gets home and yeah. she's like walked home clearly like, by the way that, that little thing with uh with billy and chris trying to run her over reminded me of um loved ones mm, true because there's that Basically. scene at the end where yeah where they try to run her over as well and she's yeah. also like covered in blood i think covered yeah. in blood yeah Very um, yeah and then Carrie gets home. There's like candles everywhere. And then she gets into the bath. She starts to wash the blood off. Um, and she's like crying in the bath. And she like puts her nightdress on. And she's just sort of calling out for her mum. And then her mum. The next note I have is something her mum says. Which is she yeah, says. Her, her I should. Yeah her mom is kind of like behind the door trying to scare her. It's kind of funny. It's like <laughs> hiding behind the door of the bathroom. 
Yeah. Yeah, And Carrie basically, Carrie wants her mom to like hold her. She's like, mama, hold me. And her mom's like, I should have killed myself after he put it in me. Yeah. And then you kind of get Which is quite mean. Yeah, then Carrie gets the sex talk in like the worst way possible, which is her mom talking about how she had sex and and stuff. And um, yeah, it's like the most repressed thing you can think of. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It's a crazy little monologue. Um, yeah, she says she should have given her to God, yeah, etc. Um, she she says, but yeah. Well, a big thing about it is that she says she likes it. She liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, that he because they were like, yeah, I guess they were both like religious. Uh, her and her and Carrie's dad, and then one night, whatever, he got drunk or something, and they had sex, and and then she says like she liked it, but then she got crazy about it, and she never allowed it to happen again because she loves God so much. Um. And, Which is how it should be. Yeah, and God doesn't have a dick unless he's Jesus. But then he can't use it. In which it. case, yeah. Well, it's complicated. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's not. Yeah, and then, but yeah, and then she says she she should have given her to God right away. But you know, whatever. She's gonna do it now. And yeah, uh, yeah and then um, she puts a knife in her back. Yeah, she's like, we need to pray, and they're like holding each other, saying the holy, the hail mary, and then she stabs Carrie. Yeah, and then um. Back. Yeah, and then Carrie kind of, I guess, runs away. She, I think, she falls down she the stairs. She falls down the stairs. It's very, it's um, quite intense as well. Yeah, that whole sequence is, uh, it's, yeah, it's quite something. Yeah, and she's kind of cowering in a corner, which is the same as like the scene in the shower at the start when everyone's yeah. throwing stuff at her. She mm-hmm. cowers in the corner again. It's like a clear like mimicry of that scene. Yeah, and um, her mother goes to stab her again, and but then tar- Carrie uses all her telekinesis to stop her, and then like stabs her mom multiple times with different sharp objects in the kitchen and so then we get the the image where basically she's like crucified her mom in the sense of like it's the exact same as the statue of jesus Jesus, but by the way that statue of jesus doesn't make any sense to me i don't know how like that's not how jesus died that's not how jesus died um (laughs) it's not they just put extra hours in him yeah because yeah Yeah, for some reason he didn't he was nailed to a cross he was made he's made i mean the mom is nailed as well thorns palms yeah but the arrow is strange. But the strange, arrow is strange um, yeah. addition. It's a pretty but, amazing um, scene though when she gets like all the knives, all the different knives oh, yeah. and all like different types of like household knives that, that look very normal and stuff and they're all like, like fire used picks to kind of... and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, um, very nasty. But yeah. yeah, so that happens and then the mother is crucified and then Carrie starts to hear, she's like crying because then she, I guess she realizes what she's done um, and then she's, I think she's holding her mom and then she hears um, creaking upstairs so then it's basically it's like her making the house collapse around them. Yeah. Um so she pulls her mom into the only solace or like the only place she's felt she was supposed to go when like she sinned, which is into the closet, into the prayer closet. She yeah. brings her mom in with her and then um they both die. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the house kind of there. falls on onto itself, it looks like. Yeah, it's kinda, it goes on fire. Kinda cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, and that's basically it. Then we cut to Sue. Um it's just like a little epilogue thing. Where we Sue see is the alive. aftermath, yeah. It seems Sue is, pr- it, squeak. It seems Sue is probably the only one who lived yeah. throughout the. I'd say the I, I I think I that's what I remember from the books as well. I think just everybody died. I think it's she just killed the whole prom. Yeah, I mean, because Sue got out. Yeah. You know, Sue was kind of made to leave, and thus would have escaped, as opposed to everyone else was like locked in. Um, but yeah, so. Sue's still alive. Um, we hear her mom on the phone say, I wouldn't let her go to all the funerals. 
Um, and then she says something like, oh, you know, with Tammy and everything gone. Um, and then Sue is basically walking to the house. Um, the pla- the, it's basically the plot of land where Carrie's house was. And there's a, there's a cross in the thing that says for sale and someone's written Carrie Whiteburns in hell over it. And she's so Sue's just like bringing some flowers for the plot. And then a bloody hand comes up through the ground. I jumped at this. This made me jump. Yeah, it's like the um, classic, you know, jump scare at the end. That, that I didn't actually infl- know. Influenced um, so many, yeah. I didn't know. That it freaked me out the um, first time as well, yeah. But that's a very one-time trick. One, once you know what happens, it doesn't work for you anymore. Well, yeah, but I didn't know what happened, so it spooked me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, the bloody hand comes up and it grabs her and then Sue's screaming, but then it was it was obviously a nightmare. So she wakes up and um, she's screaming yeah. and her mom's like, it's okay. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah, but basically it's that idea of Carrie living on or like that kind of trauma living on because yeah, Sue yeah. Is, is fucked for life. Like it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Exactly. She has to live with that forever. Did you notice mm-hmm. anything weird about that that scene where she puts, uh, where she takes flowers to the grave and stuff? Anything weird about that? Uh, I'll tell you, they shot mm-hmm. it in reverse. It's actually played in reverse. Oh. Yeah. Brian says that they tried to make it look weird but like you don't you're not really sure why it's weird the reason why it's weird it's because it's shot in reverse well really crazy yeah Yeah. i mean i guess it did look kind of weird in retrospect it's also got that filter you know like very um overblown yeah yeah uh bright yeah she's she's the white that she's wearing this seems like it's a kind of a different kind of look than the rest of the film but yeah it's also shot in reverse Um, it's kind of like the the dream sequences in in Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit has that same sort of ending of Nightmare on Elm Street feeling Um, I'm sure there was a bit of an inspiration going on there probably Um, yeah that's the end of the film that's the film we did it Brian De Palma we did did it it. excellent easily my favorite Brian De Palma film Um, same um, I'm gonna watch the rest of his stuff but I don't know uh, I find, I think this is great. Just take his skill, take Stephen King's writing, which I think, you know, is not always perfect, but he's got like a very specific emotional attachment to a lot of it, I think, which is great. Listen, Stephen King has such an impressive repertoire. Rep- repertoire. Stephen King. <laughs> Steve, what if I did a whole episode with a baby voice? Please um, don't. <laughs> Stephen King has such an impressive repertoire that like, of yes. course they're not all hits, but I feel like there's so many things that it's like, oh yeah, that's Stephen King. That it's you can't not be impressed and like. Yeah, I agree. You know, give him credit. It's um, great. Well, we'll see He's next week. We'll see how we feel next week about the other stuff. About Bye. the the least Stephen King of Stephen King films of all time. Which. It's called The Shining, but we're not at that part of the. Oh podcast right, sorry. I thought first. you meant. Oh, you were I actually you meant not released. I thought you meant he was like releasing a film, and I was like, "What?" No, no. <laughs> or like a new film, like Stephen King thing was coming out. And Stephen things. King did uh, make his own film. Let me check what it was was the name of it. Um, but that film is notorious in the horror world because Stephen King admitted that he made the whole thing while he was fucking out of it on cocaine. So <laughs> he basically says that he, he didn't make any sense, <laughs> but he directed this this film. It's called Maximum Overdrive. Uh, oh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, and yeah, it's the only film he ever directed, and he says that he doesn't remember anything, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh God.
you ever think about life and you hear people recounting their memories and you're like y'all have mem like y'all remember things i don't remember things what do you mean we we shared our memories from high school and stuff on this podcast i don't but i know i feel like people talk about things to such an extent and i'm like i don't have that many in-depth memories i feel i don't know maybe my trauma block you just don't think about it you just don't think about it and then you hear something and your brain accesses that part of of its memory or whatever and then comes back up like it was always there but you don't have access to it all the time that's it because it would be too much but it's still there Hmm. suspicious anyways uh it's kind of interesting (laughs) to me that stephen king you know there's a period of stephen king's career that's like on coke but like that's not his all career because he's making so much stuff all the time you would think he was always on coke but that's not true there's like a period where he was on coke and that's (laughs) it that's the thing is that i feel like drugs can't drugs don't like create genius they like oh yeah you have to you have to have it in you in order for the drugs to actually trigger that yeah but also drugs are bad kids don't do them yeah don't do cocaine that's that sucks it was the 80s the when 80s. Stephen King did it, so everybody was doing it, so it was just like a mm. thing. But it's not the 80s anymore, and it's not cool. And also, cocaine yeah. is made in a very inhuman way, and you shouldn't be contributing to that. Yeah. If you don't care about your own body, that's fine. But, you know. Have organic way... drugs. Uh, yeah, grow your own weed. There you go. Problem solved. You're not hurting anybody by growing your own Perfect. weed in the world. That's, exactly. that's the best thing you can do. Uh all right, uh, Carrie, the film Carrie, 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 1976, yes. Carrie, uh, Abby, it. you've seen that film? Yes, that's Great. me. Now we're going to play fuck on kill. Who you want to fuck on and kill? Okay, so I, the whole time I was like, who am I going to, who am I going to fuck? Okay. Because um, I, I feel choice. like with this, with this, there's, but the thing about this is that there's the complication of being like, okay, well, all of these are playing high school people, but then it's fine because they're all of age. Um... And yeah. then at least we're, all the like, main characters, okay. the people who yeah. talk. Yeah, it's fine. But um, but so there's that. And then there's also... Not the kid on the bicycle. The kid on the bicycle is off the charts. That's what we should say. Fuck. Okay, just wait. Don't just fuck wait him. Second. That's not wait, cool. Just wait a second. Just wait a second. Uh, <laughs> all right. But so I feel like... That, but there's some films where you can like have a funny one where you're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, uh, yeah, haha, I'll, I'll fuck um, Sir Didymus in labyrinth but with this i like there's not even that so that was kind of complicated but so what i've gone with um i guess i'm gonna fuck tommy okay all right he's the nicest man in the film which is not saying much um Uh, yeah i guess he is he's kind of nice pretty much um he has i guess a nice smile not nice uh i like his 70s hair i like his denim jumpsuit he's got Um, did you notice that he's got exactly the same hair as his girlfriend sue it's just a different mm-hmm. color, but they basically have exactly well, the same his, hair. He more so has hair, like, Sue's hair is more permed. It's, like, more tight curls. Yeah. His hair is more similar to um, Chris's. Yeah, I guess. But it's, like, all, like, yeah, curly long hair. I don't know. That's, that's as long, like, that's that's how much I know about hair. Yeah, it's it's very voluptuous, anyway. Yeah. Um, or voluminous. So I'm going to fuck Tommy. I'm cool. going to haunt chris because she's like a catalyst to everything bad that happened so she deserves to be reminded and then i'm gonna kill billy because he's played by john travolta that's fair enough yeah and also his character is horrible but like being played by john travolta is enough reason to be honest it's a bit early to kill john travolta he he needs to do pulp fiction after pulp fiction you know you can kill john travolta for all i care but he needs to do pulp fiction (laughs) well yeah we're gonna assume that like i'm doing this now like i'm making this decision now 
So can can you imagine Pulp Fiction without John Travolta? Because that's like there's so many films and so many things and stuff. But I think of Pulp Fiction without John Travolta, and it's so sad. It's like I don't know. It's just like he's so necessary for that film. Yeah. Well, as soon as he, I don't know, something weird happened. I guess maybe Scientology. I don't know how long he's been a Scientologist. But oh, you know, there's a lot of Scientologists in Hollywood. There's a lot. They're all probably pedophiles. Maybe you should cut this out. We're going to get murdered by Scientology. I don't know if they're pedophiles. They're they're weird, but I don't know. I, I'm sure. I, I think that's also a thing. Like there's like different levels and stuff of how Danny Masterson. You are Danny Masterson from um, that '70s show was ex- was exposed for being some kind of a sexual criminal of some form. I've never seen that '70s show. Me, I mean neither. I just know he's. I've actually, to be honest, okay. more so know who he is because his sister is in The Walking Dead. Oh, okay, gotcha. All right. And I learned she was a Scientologist, and I was like, oh. It's too bad. So. Tom Cruise is, Scient- is a Scientologist, but he's still a very That's good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good actor. Doing his best. Well, anyway. Anyway. That's it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Bye. Thank you. Next week, <laughs> we're doing... Um... Um, <laughs> no, Mache. That's me. Mache. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Okay, what is it? The film Carrie. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a few times now. Fuck the one in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, that's the to one. Be I've precise. Seen. Yeah, I haven't seen any other ones. Fuck can't kill. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna fuck uh, Carrie because she's beautiful. That's I don't know what else to say. She's so great. At that prom, uh, yeah, she she looks amazing. And Sissy Spacek is great, and I love her, and she's doing such a great job. And this film, and I don't know. I'm just enamored with her. I was really enamored with her when I was watching it yesterday in the prom scene. I was really like, wow, this is, um, it's not like I remember it. She's like really glowing. She's beautiful. Anyways, yeah. So that's who I'm going to have sex with. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) Heck yeah, sex. Heck yeah. Hey, let me hear it if you love sex. Give me a heck yeah. That's great. Uh, oh, yeah, when I was watching Body Double today, the, the other De Palma film, there's like mm-hmm. a scene. <laughs> anyways, there's a setup where, I don't know, like a guy, whatever. Anyways, there's a guy, a guy is talking to a lady, and there's another guy who runs over and he steals her purse. And the other guy starts running after him, right? To kind of recover that purse. And they go into a tunnel. And in that tunnel, our main character, the guy who runs after the guy with the purse, uh, starts to feel claustrophobic. He's claustrophobic. And he starts freaking out over the, the tunnel. And he kind of falls down. Has like this kind of thing where he can't move. And gets scared. And the guy with the purse. St- runs, runs, runs. Stops. Looks at him. Sees that he's collapsed onto the floor. Starts walking closer to him. Empties the purse onto the floor. Takes the thing that he needs from the purse. Throws the purse down. And then says, Woo! And runs away. <laughs> Wow, incredible! <laughs> what did he need from the purse? Uh, a keycard uh, to to enter to her house later on and kill her with a massive drill. Spoilers! I'm sorry, but that's what happened. Oh my god! Uh, the best scene in the film by Very nice. a long stretch. Not a great film, but that scene with the drill is pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like a big ass drill, you know, like this kind of like this big, thick looking, big drill. 
Mm-hmm. He I've drills her through the floor. So basically, the scene looks like he's standing over her like this, right? Mm-hmm. He's got this thing here. And there's like a, a shot from the back that kind of sees his drill coming through, like in between his legs and onto her. Oh my god. <laughs> and then you see underneath on the floor beneath you see just the trail coming through the the <laughs> ceiling with like blood spraying out of it it's crazy oh my god it's really good that scene is really what an good. evil man yeah the rest of that film is weird that, that whole film is very weird but that scene is great anyways i'm having sex with carrie uh next i'm gonna haunt uh the principal of the school okay. uh i'm gonna haunt him with visions of uh of blood of menstrual blood um I just want to haunt him with, like, I don't know, want to visit him in his dreams and, like, smother him with it. Or, like, I don't know, just have him, like, have him have a dream where it just kind of falls over him because he clearly has an issue. So I want to just help him. Yeah. just want to help him, you know, kind of get used to the idea of a woman bleeding. (laughs) Um, I think that would be beneficial to him. And uh, I'm going to kill, well, I want to kill John Travolta too, but let me kill somebody else. Um, you could kill him twice. I think you could kill John Travolta nah, twice. Nah, he doesn't deserve that. Um, I'm gonna kill the girl with the hat. She's Norma. just kind of annoying. Yeah, Norma. Yeah, her name's Norma. Jesus. Yeah, let's kill her. <laughs> she deserves uh, it. Yeah, let's kill Norma. Oh God, kill her and take away the cat, the hat. She's just kind of annoying. She is the yeah, annoying character in this film. She um, is. So there you go. Yeah, off with her. Off of Norma. And, Rest in uh, peace, bitch. Yeah, and that's it. That's Carrie Dunn. That was great. Check. I had a great time. You watched awesome. Carrie. That's a that's a horror classic off your list. I did it. Or Scarface next. Mm. I don't want to busy. You don't want to see Al Pacino sitting at a desk that's literally has mountains of cocaine on it. Like when I say mountains of cocaine, I mean mountains of cocaine. Just like, do you know that shot of from Scarface yes, where Al Pacino sitting? There's, he literally puts his face in it like this. It's but great. I've seen, I've I've seen the music video for the the Lonely Islands um, Jack Sparrow song. So I feel like I've seen, um, yeah. I feel like I've seen Scarface. You know. Just that it was you Michael Bolton. You can call me Scarface. Snorting mountains of mountains cocaine. cocaine. That is... That is factually what happens in the film. And this whole town's a pussy. Just waiting, waiting to get to fucked. Get fu- that is an actual lie from the film as well. I think it's boned. No. And then he's like, just waiting to get boned. No. It's fucked in the film. Okay. And I think he says fucked in the f- song. I don't know. I think so. But that's an actual line from the film. Al Pacino says, "The salt town's a pussy just waiting to get fucked." That's crazy. Oh <laughs> it's so stupid. It's crazy. This one's great. Oh, Jesus, Brian De Palma, the master of subtlety, the most subtle of all filmmakers that ever lived. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate it. Appreciate your work. Um, <laughs> that drill was also very subtle. I did not mm. think it's a, you know, I only thought that it's a dick later on when I was thinking about it because before that I was like, it's just a drill. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> okay, what are we doing next week? Um, vibing, just straight vibing. 
No, we need to work. We need to do this. Oh. Um, so next week, we're going to watch The Shining, starring Shirley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. What's Shelley her name? Duvall. Sh- Shelley. Shelley Duvall. Starring Shelley Duvall um, and, and Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Made by a guy you might have heard of. His name is Stanley. Britney Kubrick. Spears. Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. Famously made The Shining. Yes. In 1979. Mm-hmm. Correct. Thank you. I'm sure, she was born at that. When was Britney Spears mm-hmm. born? In 1981. Which is just like this. It's all the more impressive that she directed um, The Shining when she wasn't born yet. You know. Yeah, it's just truly um, trailblazing. She, she also directed the moon landing, obviously, as we all know. She faked the moon landing too. Yeah. That was her second best known thing. Yes. The first one being "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." Mm-hmm. Then faking the moon landing, and then the shining. Mm-hmm. Pretty good resume, if you ask me. Yeah, well, you can't forget the Green Mile either. She did do that. I don't know. Okay. Do you got anything more on that bit? Why is the the Green Mile? She wrote it. Oh, like Stephen King. No, she wrote it. It's about her time in the Mickey Mouse Club. Right, I'm ending this bit. This doesn't make any <laughs> sense anymore. Well, thanks guys for listening um, to us shite on about nothing. Yeah. Once again. That was a good time. Uh, yes. Great this John Travolta discussion. Yes. Um, perfect stuff. Always on topic. No bits. No bits. Straight to the point. Um, we no detective train. No, no detective no train did not show his face. Um, no. Luckily. We don't want a repeat of last time, that's for sure. He can never show his face. He doesn't have a face. It's a podcast. Right, true. That's true. Mm. We don't have faces either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so tune in next week for The Shining. Thank you for being with us. Um, We have a site, fhkpodcast.com. We have an Instagram at fhkpodcast. We have a podcast that this podcast app you're listening to the podcast on. And it's called Fuck on Kill Podcast. Um, I've got a bank account. The IBAN is um, AIBK. That's already wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be AIBK. <laughs> yeah. I've already fucked it up. Um, well, no money please, this week, I guess. Jesus. Please wash your hands. Um, please wash your hands. Please wash your hands. Wear a mask. Put it over your nose. Give oral sex. Have a nice week. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye. And then we're going to talk a little bit more. Do you know what's the oral etiquette?